It's Friday, September 24th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not NOM, this is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. You can find them at manrubs.com. Mm. They've got barbecue rubs, barbecue tools. They got blow torches for firing up your charcoal. They got funny t-shirts, coffee cups, everything you could possibly need to make barbecue great again. You could also find Stay Ready Gear as one of our sponsors. You can find them at stayreadygear.com on Instagram, stayreadygearusa. Don't get ready. Stay ready. Like They've it. got holsters, custom Kydex, mag carriers. If you want something custom, they can hook you up. Use the code STEAK for 5% off. I believe they have a better promo code going on right now. Yeah, it's a hashtag FJBiden. Hmm. 15% off at checkout. That's pretty good. Yeah. Use that one. Some of the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear can be found at odyssey.com. Whether you're into podcasting like Noah Antoinette and myself, gaming, or in-studio music recording, Odyssey's got everything you need to get you headphone equipped and ready to go. They're also on Facebook, and they're on Instagram as well. Being a medic, it's kind of a coin flip. You win some, you lose some. Sometimes you lose some more. A lot more. Um, If you are into the field of medicine and you do it mediocrely, MediocreMedic.com has all the tactical gear you need to maybe make your patient nervous. <laughs> They've got patches for your everyday carry bag, uh, off-duty stuff like flip-flops and fanny packs. They're on Instagram and at MediocreMedic.com. Firearms. We all like them. We used to have them before the boating accidents. Mm. That tragic boating accident. And when we want new ones, Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms will get you packing heat into the fall season. He's got a newly redesigned website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and at 619-870-6992. And last, but especially not least, the patch father, Mark Joe Friday, dumpbox.us, home of the zero fucks duck. If you like 80s or 90s movies or just want to be that extra gal with tactical gear. Mark's got everything you need. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. Like I already said, dumpbox.us. And on that note, Friday edition. Had to wait for it. Welcome. Episode 66, Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Roan, joined as always by Noah. What's happening? And we've got a big show today. Prince Alex Stein is coming up. All right, jumping in with us first today. He's a conservative businessman, but more importantly, he's an America First candidate running for Congress out of Utah's third district. Mr. Jason Preston, welcome to Steak for Breakfast. Great to be here. We're glad to have you. How are you doing today, sir? Amazing. We live in America, right? We still it, technically live in America. It feels like it sometimes. Yeah, it kind of resembles the America I grew up in in some ways, but not all of them. Mm. Um, 
it's nice to meet you. Uh, we, we'd like to hear all about you. Let's get things started off by, uh, let's start talking about a little bit of your backstory. Who are you? What do you do? And uh, then what is your motivation for jumping into the political arena? So great questions. Um, you know, I think from the time I was born, I have always had a fierce uh, love for liberty. I never liked being controlled. Uh, didn't work so well with my uh, teachers and uh, my parents when they tried to con- put the uh, wraps of uh, control around me. I kind of tended to buck the system a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I, my story is, is kind of phenomenal. It's just actually what well, it's a whole story in and of itself. Um, but as far as politically, around the time of George Bush uh, Jr., when he was in office, okay. um, I ended up you know, stumbling in some books about uh, what's been going on in this country. So I really understand the Constitution. And I went from being a huge fan of George Bush Jr. to like all of a sudden realizing this guy was like a, a criminal. And uh, it was it was frustrating. So I started talking to my friends and here's what's going on. And everyone's like, bro, dude, like chill. Like, you know what? This <laughs> is, you know, like he's a great guy. I don't you hear him talk about prayer and. And I'm like, and it just like, I just had learned real quick to shut my mouth because no, there was no one to talk to. And, uh, you know, eventually, um, you know, I, I ended up helping Ron Paul on his campaign. Cause I thought, you know, here's a guy that gets it. And when he was running for office against Obama, I actually brought him out to Utah and helped fundraise for him. Oh, wow. That's so great. I got to spend some, so I got, you know, I got to spend some time with him, which, which obviously, you know, very much, I have very strong libertarian leanings uh, in the sense that uh, I believe that uh, our rights come from God and that government, its job is to serve us and not uh, rule us. And uh, anyways, after that campaign, I saw how corrupt things were and I really got, almost just gave up hope. We had Obama come in office. And then, um, you know, long story short, Obama ended up being one of the best things that happened in this country. Yeah, true story. And, uh, and when I, I tell people that and they, they're always like, well, you know, they always catch them off guard, but it's like, you know, we've been the sleeping frog. Uh, you know, we've been losing our freedoms for well over a hundred years. I mean, we went from a constitutional public republic. We saw, you know, the welfare state come on. We saw, we needed, we just, you know, the, the, the federal reserve, I mean, income tax, and we just started heading downhill, downhill. And, and just like all republics, the people are, are who's responsible because, you know, we take our freedoms for granted. Yeah. Well, Obama gets in office, he turns up the heat, and that was the best thing because that led to the, the Tea Party movement. Uh, people started waking up, and they said, hey, you know, something's not right here. Well, in my life, this here's where things were. I had just recently uh, been, I was living, I moved, and starting this this uh, dental business, we moved from Utah to Florida, early Obama, and um, ended up uh, getting divorced. This is 2014, and I and I was right in the middle of starting a new business, and I was just a train wreck. I was like, I can't start a new business right now. My everything was just I'd lost everything. And an organization reached out to me, uh, kind of a watchdog organization, because you know I decided for the first time to get a job working for someone else instead of doing my own thing. And, mm. and they said, you know, hey, our our whole mission is to get more people involved in holding Congress accountable. And I thought, well, if there's a way to fix the country, we've it's got to start with people. Oh yeah. So. So I started getting involved with them, and it was right around the time of the Tea Party movement, and we were going gangbusters, just trying to wake people up, get people in the fight. And uh, one of the cool things is, um, you know, while we didn't get Obama out of office his second term, because the people got involved, over the next six years, 
we replaced 70 percent of the house in the senate i mean it was epic you know we put in the, the trey gowdy's the Rand paul's the you know we put in some phenomenal people and then we went after obama he got nothing done that if you remember the irs was targeting conservatives yes well we went after the irs we busted them um we defunded the epa it was like huge victory and then boom right into trump and uh, it was like yeah we got this and uh and at the same time, I'm out talking to, you know, these business owners, getting people involved and trying to, you know, having these conversations with people about them, trying to get them more involved in the fight. And I noticed during Trump's time is there was this sense of letting go from the people like we won. And, you know, while it was great, freedom starts with us, yep. not our politicians. And so then, you know, the, the, we came into early this year and I never wanted to be a politician I, I kind of always have had a frustration and if anything a very tainted uh perception of politicians and you know after the elections after november i mean all of these these people i'm talking to these business owners these members that participate in the organization were so frustrated they were terrified they thought you know we've lost the republic and and after january 6th there was all this like lingering hope like maybe it'll be okay maybe maybe it'll work out and then after January 6th, it was like the troops were just, they were running home. They said, we've lost hope. And I, and I had to come back and say, look, we can't give up now. The reality is, remember Obama. I have more hope now than I did then. Why? Because Obama took a sleeping nation, a sleeping nation, and woke them up and created the Tea Party movement. How many people are awake now? So many more. Yeah. We have millions of people who are awake they're ticked and they're just and and they're just that level of frustration that they you know the frog is back in that water but what is and that's what i told our my members says, what do you think is going to happen as soon as if biden starts cranking up that heat the tea party tea party movement will be nothing compared to what is coming yep. we are going to see the people rise in mass and the only way to have freedom is when the people stand up and take it and so my member, these business are talking to you know, yeah, Jason, let's, let's go. And, and, uh, you know, you should do, you should run. I'm like, no, that's not my thing. But I says, here's the good news. You look at what's happened. Yes. You look at all the schools and CRT and we're losing this country, but there's always duality. So in this, as much darkness as there is, you look at these, the, the light coming up right now, people like you guys, uh, people like Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk, we have some phenomenal leaders that are coming up right now. And the leadership, we, when these people start, in 2022, we're going to see these type of people start to run for office. And with the groundswell of the people saying enough is enough, we will have a house cleaning in 2022 like this country has never seen before. Yeah, you're, you're completely right in that aspect. And so it just, you know, and I'm not just telling people, and then it's like, hey, and, and we've got to remember how it starts. It doesn't start with the federal government. We've got to pull the power out. Yep. Anyone going for the federal government, it's drained. It is Drain that swamp. The, all these bureaucracies, these unelected bureaucrats, got to get rid of them. 10th Amendment. The power has to come back to the states. Yes. And so I'm telling you, the most important person is not your federal representative. It's your state representatives. We have to start controlling the state. Not that, you know, it is, we think that it's the federal level that's powerful. And it's supposed to be the state. So I'm telling people this, telling people this, and finally I'm like, you know what? we got to get this message out to more than the people I'm talking to. And I can't. And the last thing I want to do is sit here and wait for this, you know, sweep to come and find out we have another one of these these rhinos right. say all the right words 
get into office and preach the Constitution only to find out they don't even understand it one bit. They just they just know how to parrot what's popular yep, and vote with the money yep. and vote for the money. So I said, you know what? We're doing it. And uh, I'm not a politician. I've got I've got a colorful past. I've made mistakes. But I think it's it is time for the people to stand up and take this country back. And our whole and and while yes we're running for office, my bigger objective and, and Alexia is right here with me. Our objective is to is to create a movement. Freedom doesn't come from politicians; it comes from the people. Yep. If we want to get this country back, we have to inspire the people. We have to remind them where their rights come from. We have to remind them that they are the ultimate source of authority, not these politicians. And then we have to, and then once we empower them, boom, they they we have they have to go to the streets. They have to take over their city councils, take over their state reps and clean out D.C. And then who do we send to D.C.? We need to send people to D.C. then not to go climb the power structure, but to take it down. Yep. These are career criminals. And it's not time to go be buddied up with them. It is time to go after them. And you've got some warriors in D.C. and we need to send in a hundred more. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right on that. And it sounds like you're in it for all the right reasons. Uh, you touched on a couple of topics that are going to go into some of the issues I want to talk to you about, kind of the the, the hot flashpoints going around the country right now obviously uh you, you follow politics closely um you, you've been heavily involved people know you it, it sounds like you know even though this may not be necessarily your comfort zone your convictions are going to make it to where it becomes it just for the experience you have and how passionate you are about everything let's talk about a couple of the hot topics uh we're less than two and a half hours away from the uh, first couple volumes of the uh, Maricopa election audit coming out. Um, real quick, your feelings on the overall 2020 presidential election, and then moving forward, what do you think about, uh, as some of the politicians who are running, some of the ones who are already current, expanding the forensic audits in some of those key swing states? So great questions. Um, Alexa and I were actually in Arizona um, on, on election day and uh, there was a very difficult night um, when we woke up the next morning I mean we we cried uh, we literally cried um, because it felt like the end of our democracy and, and again we're not even supposed to be a democracy but the republic what it's supposed to be but right. it felt like the end uh, it just something didn't feel right I think a lot of people felt that that it just didn't sniff things felt fishy and i was out working uh with uh doing the work i do out talking to business owners the next day in the field talking to people and they're like and they were telling about the sharpie issues they were talking about you know they, they, everybody was in a state of, of shock and especially in arizona and that's where i was working so i mean there there was like this huge sense of fear because if we don't have you know um if we don't have sound elections it's over. Yeah. And when I say it's over, I don't think people understand what that means. You know, what will this government trans transfer into if, if it ends? We've seen it already. Yeah. We know what we're fighting. We're fighting Marxism and, and, and we are fighting a, a war that there's a war on the middle class Yep. because the middle class is what protects us from Marxists, from communism. And what do they, and when they finally take over, what do they do to the middle class? 
in Russia, in China, in Cambodia, in all these, these countries in the last century where these, where these um, ideologies have taken root. What do they do to the middle class? They eliminate it. Or they harvest their organs. Yeah. Or a little bit of both. <laughs> that's you and me. Yeah. Yeah. That's us. And, and that's what people don't realize. And that's, you know, look at immigration. You look at everything going on in this country. It is they want it back to a two-tier system. They want those who are under their thumbs, who want, an, who want a master, and they want to eliminate anyone who, is, who, is, who has, understands their rights and has the ability to take care of themselves. Yeah, free thinkers. So when, when we realize what's at stake here, this is absolutely terrifying. And, and that is the problem is we don't have people that fully understand what's at stake we, we've been raised in this opulence. We've been raised in Rome where we think Rome could never fall. And we don't realize how close we are to seeing it fall. And so how important are these, is it to come and to, and to make sure we have sound elections? I don't care if you're on the right. I don't care if you're on the left. As an individual who believes in liberty, if you believe your rights come from God and that government is below you, I don't care your sexuality, the color of your skin. There is nothing more important right now than, than this, than this issue. Because if we lose our ability to vote, we're done. Yeah. 100% correct. Yeah. Then it's just regime change at that point. It is. It is simply a regime change. Yep. And it'll be whoever is the next empty suit that they can put in there. So the people behind the scenes can implement their agendas. Um, You, you talked uh, a little bit about this. I want to touch on it now. It's definitely one of the hot topics. Uh, the crisis going on at the southwest border. Uh, f- photos have surfaced online today that show the Del Rio area especially is completely empty. Um, the entire, I guess you can call them, they're not really asylum seekers, economic migrants, the camp is completely gone. So you're talking 20 plus thousand just in the last two weeks through there at least. And... Uh, the broken immigration system and the dam that the current administration broke open shortly after January 20th is greatly affecting the sovereignty of an already broken immigration system in the United States. What are your feelings on what's going on down at the border? And, uh, you know, what do you think? Do you support things like uh, immigration moratorium moving forward? So this is a very important issue. Um, and it's and it's an issue that is very much. Um, there's so many issues like this, with, you know, with um, across the country where it's we have an issue and we focus on one aspect of it, but we don't focus on the real issues. Um, as, far, as far as immigration goes, look, it's funny how we want to paint this as black and white, right? You know, uh, we absolutely need immigration. We and we need some immigration. Reform. I'll tell you, one of the problems in this country is. You know, when I was at, when we were living in Florida there for the few years we were there, I would talk to business owners who came from all over the country who had businesses who had been who had been there for eight. One guy that had been there for eighteen years, building a business, paying you know, putting money in the economy, and he could not get his status as a as a citizen. Yep. His kids, when they were eighteen, had to pay out of state tuition, and then they sent them back, and they never even lived outside of America. They had to go back to Europe. So we have some problems in the immigration system, and. and the problem is we need to we need healthy immigration, but the problem is when you don't have healthy immigration, and then you open the borders, and and this is the real danger is what are, why are they doing this? We are we have a government that is at war 
with its own with, waging war from within. Yep. They, we are not a democracy, but what they understand is that they can make us a democracy and they can and they can then bring in a whole new voter base who, who wants to vote out, you know, the rights of the middle class and votes for socialism. And then you bankrupt the, the, the country with the cost to bring these people in. Yeah. Again, it is it is simply one thing. These people are at war with us and they are seeking in every way. You look what they're doing for China. You look in all these areas. We have a government from within that is waging war on this country. Yep. And if the people don't wake up and see what's going on and start to fight back the right way with the pen, we are going to see this great nation collapse. Yeah, it, it, the immigration system right now is really overwhelmed. Everything from processing on the front lines all the way up through the courts backlogged years um, and, and no kind of discernment between who comes, who goes, you know, the, the, the head of Homeland Security is the son of a Cuban refugee. And because Cuban refugees historically vote Republican, they get sent back. Pretty ironic. Then you, yeah. have, then you have people coming in from Haiti and they say, oh, single fighting age males are getting deported back to Haiti. But then you see the flights landing in Port-au-Prince and it's families. So, Oops. you know, and, and in this digital age, with all the digital warriors we have working behind the scenes to try and do what they can for this republic, you see these refugees showing up in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Yeah, it's Florida, hard for them to do the right? sleight of hand anymore now. In San Antonio, Texas, in yeah. places like Nevada, um, all of the air-quoting swing states that probably <laughs> aren't swing states, but when you, you know, keep injecting 20,000 people a clip into each one, it, it kind of makes it a little bit difficult. Um, last topic I want to touch on, I think it's really important, um, is the infrastructure bill and the CR because our government is about to run out of money in a few days. Uh, on paper, it runs out on the last day of September. However, I think it's extended till the 12th of October per the start of the new fiscal year for the fed. We've never defaulted on loans. Um, but there is no reason for anybody pretty much in the entire government to give Joe Biden anything in regards to political capital because he has none. I think it's negative at this point. Um, he, he's finally at 40% independence, non-favorable. First time highest percentage ever for uh, any sitting president. Probably more if that's what the mainstream media is reporting. Uh, but the fact of the matter is on stuff like the infrastructure bill, just continuing to write CRs that would, you know, we do one now, it would, it would shoot us to December, and then you do the same thing that happened like three or four times in the last five or six years. All the federal employees get screwed without checks for the holidays but still have to go to work every day. That must suck. Yeah, what do you think about this whole fiscal fiasco that's going on in, in the Beltway right now, and then, you know, what are some of the things that you think would be helpful in resolving this? You know, I think this is, this is the problem this goes to a much deeper problem we have in this country. Um, you know, we have a lot of politicians that are good administrators, uh, but they don't understand sound principles of liberty. Yep. It, they don't understand principles that the government doesn't make money. It takes money. You know, the money they're spending is, 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 is our money and it's our children's money. And either, either we pay through it in taxes we pay through it through inflation and watching our dollar, you know, disappear, where we are enslaving our children. And again, what is the consequence? We have people from within 
This is another area waging war on us. You know, it's interesting because when you read about the Revolutionary War, one of the tactics that uh, England had when we were struggling with our uh, trying to build our army, we had our, you know, our, our uh, currency here. Uh, it was well before, you know, the dollars early yes. on. And one of the things Britain did is they came and they flooded a ton of counterfeit money into the States. Why? To devalue the dollar mm-hmm. or to devalue our money. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was a war tactic. Interesting, isn't it, that in the last year, what is it that we've printed 35% of all dollars ever printed yep. were printed in the last year? <laughs> Yeah, Where, where's the five trillion dollars that we spent in the last nineteen months? You know, yeah. it's it, it, it's, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah unprecedented. Again, we, when you really look at that, you look at Afghanistan. You know, leaving you know you know eighty five billion dollars of equipment. You know, people have got to wake up. This things are not okay, and I obviously you know you guys get it, but it's like as a nation, we have got to wake up to what is happening, and we have. You know, and that's what the founders knew is that if this country ever falls, it'll fall because from within. One then. Yeah. And, and right now, our greatest enemy, as much as China is very concerning to me, communist China, communist China would never be where it is if it wasn't from enemies from within. Nope. Making it, building it up. Yeah. It's those CCP line pockets of the politicians that people continuously put in office that are the ones that are holding us back the most. Yeah. So listen, we have a pretty interactive audience. I, I know we have a lot of patriots that live out in, in Utah. We want to support you. We're going to get your information out there. Everything that you have, social media, websites, we're going to live link it in the show description. We're going to share it with you, so obviously you can share it as well. And then, uh, you know, we're going to direct as many people as we can to get over to you, start interacting with your campaign, hopefully supporting your campaign, and, uh, you know, getting on board with this thing you got going over there because it sounds like you're doing a pretty good job. Well, you know, we've got, uh, there's probably never been a greater battle in the history of this world than what we're walking into right now. And uh, the neat thing is we know we're on the winning side. This is a battle between light and dark. And uh, we are on the winning side. And uh, people are waking up. People are starting to stand up and do what you guys are doing. You know, just average people standing up and saying, I'm going to do my part. So, you know, we're going to win. You know, we will win. And it'll be because the people stand up and, and get involved. I think we agree with you. Yeah. Social medias? Uh, UT Jason Preston for both uh, Instagram and Facebook. So UT Jason Preston. Okay. Um, and then our website is jasonpreston.org. Perfect. We're going to live link those in the show description today. And you could expect to start hearing from some of the uh, patriots in our listener base. So Jason Preston. Your lovely wife, thank you for coming down. We hope to have you back, obviously, as we uh, get into campaign season now in the next few months, get an update. And uh, really was a pleasure speaking with you today, sir. Thank you both. Appreciate what you're doing. I mean, that's that's the key to freedom is each doing our part. So thank you. Yeah, nice. we appreciate you as well. Thank you. All right, coming in next to the studio today, she's the principal attorney at Valdez & Associates. Uh, she's also a regular contributor on San Diego local station, KUSI. Ooh, I love KUSI. Esther. Valdez, Clayton, welcome to Steak for Breakfast, first time. I'm ready. Thank you for having me on, even though I'm getting hungry. Just thinking about steak and eggs. Well, Noah's always hungry, so you can join the crew. I'm currently hungry. Okay, so you are a law expert. You're a lawyer. Let's talk about exactly what you do in your line of work. 
Well, I've been a practicing attorney since 2003, mostly in immigration. And here in San Diego, of course, we're a border town. Mm -hmm. So dealing with a lot of court cases uh, behind me and around me, you can't really see it. But I just had uh, immigration court uh, proceedings um, just yesterday. I go to court a lot. I represent a lot of people that are facing removal proceedings, not just that, but asylum, human trafficking victims. Um, But, you know, bringing in that human aspect as well, just balancing it with the fact that I am Mexican, I am the daughter of immigrants. I'm also very conservative as well. And I think that bewilders a lot of people how you can be humane and want law enforcement, which is the reality that we need to talk about here in the nation. As long as we have a border crisis, it's because one of the two is not working. The laws and the enforcement or the humanitarian aspect. And that's where it's got to be. Yeah, that's a really good point you made. We're obviously going to get right into it. The big topic that's going on right now is the huge crisis going on down in Del Rio. Now, there's been some images circulating online today that show a large majority of that migrant shanty town that was underneath the bridge there for the last couple of weeks is is almost empty. Um, but but we do have some you know real concerns on what exactly went down. First of all, how are those people getting there? Why are those people coming across? And then where they're going? It didn't seem like there was any kind of uh, real uh, discrimination between you know who was being released and when it seemed like as the news got hotter they would disappear faster um you know we had the press secretary last week say that single males you call them fighting age were being deported back to haiti or removed back to haiti and uh you know we've seen film of families getting off the planes in haiti so and then we hear uh, processing centers north of Del Rio are overwhelmed with single males and not necessarily family units. Uh, the immigration system at the end of the day is obviously broken. It has been for a long time. Um, what is your overall kind of feeling on, I mean, you're in this field constantly. This is what you do. So what is your feeling on the immigration system in general? And then what do you think about exactly what's happening down there at, uh, in Texas right now? Well, generally speaking, I mean, my family and I, like I mentioned, we came here as immigrants. I was the only U.S.-born daughter of four daughters here. And basically, this cat and mouse game has been going on a lot because, let's face it, the United States needs immigrant labor. If you go here in San Diego, you go to the restaurant, you're having sushi. Who's preparing your sushi? Who's doing the constructing? Who's doing the building? And it's this dirty little secret that a lot of middle-class Americans, we don't realize it's like, there's bigger powers here at play. They want the steady stream of um, underpaid uh, labor. They want it. And then in the middle are these immigrants who want to come feed their families. They're willing to be um, oppressed or underpaid as long as they get the opportunity to work and provide for the families. And then we have this legal drama happening at the border where border patrol is told, please patrol and enforce our borders But really, the U.S. government's doing anything but enforcing it and making a lot of Border Patrol agents' lives truly difficult by putting them front and center for public opinion and as the scapegoats for their failed policies. It's very frustrating because it's always been about the money. But as a Christian, I am a Christian, and hopefully I can allow a little bit about this. Of course. What I see... What I see as a woman and having been a single parent for a long time is that this is an abortion problem. 
it says in the word of God that when you choose life, that the every nation that chooses life for its children will be blessed. But if you choose death in the form of abortion, since 1973, we've had 65 million abortions. That's almost the same amount of Latino population here in the United States per the last U.S. census. The Bible clearly says that if you choose death through even abortion, which is the mass killing of America's children, The Lord will give the land to another people. And that's the flood that we see here with unaccompanied minors, people from Haiti, people coming from all around the world, because we need the replacement workers. We need the labor. And that's the economic component that a lot of people don't understand. There's huge economic motivators to want to not stem the tide of the Haitian refugees, for example. And again, those of us right in the middle of it, either in the court system or in law enforcement, we see it firsthand. It's a catch. Um, it's a cat and mouse game. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm going to catch you, but I'm going to let you go. I'm going to release you. Then when I have to, I'll catch you again. Yep. It's never ending. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, you could probably help clarify it for our audience. There is a difference between a legitimate refugee or asylum seeker and then an economic migrant. Can you weigh in on that just a little bit? So our, you know, our listening audience, they see these things at the border and then you have like, you know, the mainstream media saying like, Oh, these poor families, law enforcement's being so tough. They're doing this, that, and the other thing to them. And then you have kind of on the ground reporters like uh, Jorge Ventura. You have uh, Anthony Aguero, uh, Guerrero down there. Who's working really hard uh, he, uh, on behalf of like the daily traffic. And they're finding like, hundreds if not thousands of legal permanent resident cards for instance from you know countries in latin america um for people from haiti and people from russia and people from ukraine and they're seeing you know legal permanent resident cards from like brazil and chile and ecuador and it kind of doesn't make sense so can you give our, our listening audience like a little bit of the difference between what an asylum seeker or refugee is and then what an economic migrant might be So right now we're living through this Haitian refugee crisis Mm -hmm. where there's about 15,000 people that were under a bridge in Del Rio. Everybody in America, most of the mainstream news is saying, wow, well, there was just this political assassination and they endured a 7.2 earthquake. Why not help these people come in? Absolutely let them come in. However, that's not the 15,000. The New York Times just reported that most of the people that are the Haitian refugees amassed at the Texas border They were already living, situated, had jobs, were working, had children born in Brazil and places in Central America, such as Panama. They'd already been settled there for a long while. But when Biden came to power, they said, now's our time. Trump's out of office. We want to gain entry into the United States. Let's make a move. When you are fleeing just for a job, for economic opportunity or prosperity, that's not a qualifier for asylum. Asylum only has five categories that you can prove that your government was persecuting you or torturing you. Persecution's not, I don't have enough to eat or I don't like eating rice and beans every day. Right. Persecution is somebody got killed in my family. I got tortured, waterboarded by my government because of, because of my race, my religion, my political opinion, my national origin, or a particular social group, such as uh, being a child that may be subjected to genital mutilation or or harvesting of organs. Finding a job is not asylum. And that's what most Americans, when we see those images, our heart breaks. 
but our laws aren't made to provide jobs for everybody in the world. Yeah. Um, well, there's people here that need jobs still too. Lots of them yeah. that are still getting paid to stay home. Pretty funny. Why would you want to work? True story. Yeah. Um, one of the other things we saw with the withdrawal from Afghanistan last month, uh, we did have a lot of refugees come into the country. Um, we're, we're seeing some red flags um, at the base, the Air Force Base in Wisconsin over the last couple of weeks. They've had a murder. They've had sexual uh, assaults there. Adult men, minor women. Um, we've had people coming and getting off the plane in the United States and saying, when I got on the plane in Afghanistan, I told you this is my daughter. Surprise. She's my girlfriend. My, she's my bride. Oh. And we're legally married in Afghanistan. Um, so you, you're starting to see a little bit of a, a problem with the vetting process. Now, going through the court systems, obviously you, when you represent people, you learn all about them. And you kind of learn their backstory, if they have criminal history or not, which is sometimes a, a sad thing. You see people who go and they just kind of skirt under the record. They got picked up in the wrong place. The next thing you know, they're getting shipped home. And then you have people who are literally rapists, murderers, et cetera. Not all of them, but there are having them sprinkled in there coming in yeah. and, and getting legal permanent residentship and then moving up to get, getting citizenship, especially now they're trying to, you know, remove criminal history questions and, and certain aspects of the background check out of the uh, citizenship process when you're going through legal permit residentship. Uh, so, what is the benefit of that, I wonder? Uh, more it's, voters. It's more voters. Well, yeah. It's always the answer. So, so what what are some of the things you see that uh, could probably be reworked in regards to the vetting process when you see some of these people coming into the United States? Besides, like, a fingerprint picture, here's a ticket, see if I see it, here's your local ICE office. Well, I'll, I'll address it first in the macro level. Okay. I think there needs to be an incentive for the political government and the political administration to want to know the truth. But really what we have right now in the media and with the Democratic Party in particular is this narrative. It's like every immigrant needs a right and access to the United States no matter what. If they've been harmed in their country of origin, they should gain admittance. When that's not the case, human beings are human beings. As a truth seeker that all of us in the law should be, you want to probe the facts, and that's one of the easiest things that the U.S. government can do. When anybody's asking for access to the United States, be asylum or the refugee program, ask them for proof. What? Where is the proof? Where's the documentary evidence? And really delve in deeper. What I see a lot of the time is with even asylum applicants, the credible fear interview, which is um, the first step into having an asylum case, you have to be able to show that you have been tortured or persecuted. Most people have not been tortured or persecuted. The second component is you have to show that your government did it. Most people cannot uh, prove that your government did it. The third component is that it was on account of your race or your religion or those five categories. Most people cannot. How can I say that? If you look at the statistics, only 15% of those seeking asylum qualify are granted. That means the United States government, USCIS, and their whole vetting system, 85% of the time is wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's the easiest solution. You're getting it wrong. You're getting it wrong. Fix it there. Demand proof, demand evidence, but they're not. So again, the question is, the government doesn't want to do it, doesn't want to know. They're gaining admittance, and they know that the backlog for immigration cases, the court, I, the court case I had yesterday, was a four-year-old case. Wow. Finally got to the trial stage. 
that's probably one of the easiest way so that we focus on the real people who need it. The people that are human trafficked, the kids that are sex exploited, the people who are fleeing their, uh, their governments, the 15%, we should be focusing on that. And that's, what's so frustrating in my job. I want all the attention on the 15%. Hey, take away the 85%. This is not job time. It's not a job fair right now, but if the U S does want it to bring in cheap labor, just say it. Instead of having all of us get angry at each other and angry at what we see at Del Rio, if they want to have that open border, and my my personal gut feeling is they just want to overwhelm the system, yep. and they're really doing it in terms of the judicial system, law enforcement, and those of us who work in the judicial aspect, it's clearly overwhelmed. Yeah. Along yeah. the lines of them proving their case, I mean, would you say that you would see a lot of the the smuggling organizations and groups down there that are, you know, benefiting by these people traveling, would you say that these people are a lot of times are being coached and being told what to say, perhaps? Or even coerced. Yeah, even coerced to say whatever they're saying. Well, we've had so many reports from the own Haitian refugees. <laughs> they were spreading the word that it was time that to form a caravan via WhatsApp, via tweets, uh, via Facebook. That's how they're able to amass and communicate. The smugglers themselves lead them to believe that they're going to get a job, they're going to get an entry, and they're probably not incorrect. If you right. look at the numbers of who was admitted, yeah. apparently Mr. Mayorkas even didn't even know how many had been admitted. Yep. They are being admitted. And since last year, 25,000 Haitians have gained entry. And again, to gain entry, you got to prove asylum. They're not being able to prove asylum. They're proving that something bad happened, that they don't have a job and there's poverty. Yeah. But that's where the vetting process is not working at all. And I don't think the government wants it to work. They want to wave in as many people as they want, probably for the next elections in, in two to three years, yeah. knowing that the vast majority, once you win an asylum case, you get a permanent residency, then you apply for citizenship. And I don't think it's any coincidence this is happening in the red state of Texas. Mm -hmm. If Texas falls blue, the United States will never have another Republican governor. Yeah. Never. Uh, President. President. Never. And that's why it's a concerted effort over Texas. This is really the battle for Texas. Yeah, it it certainly is. And it's just a shame that it's gotten to that point, especially when you talked about, you know, I hate to circle back to Alejandro Mayorkas over and over again every week. You mentioned he didn't know. We saw Josh Hawley. We actually played the audio last week, absolutely lighting him up on Capitol Hill. Well, that's the politician get out of jail free card. Like, I'm just not aware of uh, what you're speaking about. Like, it's but, just trash. But a lot of people forget for years under the Obama administration, no one knows because we talked about it on the show. He was the head of CIS. He had a lot of sketchy stuff going on. Clinton's brother, visas, the Saudi princes, visas, Governor Murphy soccer team, visas, kind of play for play. And then we, we've also talked about it as well. His mother escaped communism in Europe. She immigrated to Cuba. She escaped communism again, immigrated to the United States. I'm going to say she floated here on a Buick. Literally, the son of a Cuban refugee denies entry to the United States to Cuban refugees because they historically vote red. it's, It's absolutely unprecedented to even hear something like that. But then when you see who it is, I guess it all kind of lines up with the ideals. Last thing I wanted to touch on you with, not necessarily your area of expertise. We talked about it offline a little bit. It's something that's kind of the hottest topic in regards to just legal basis in the country, period. It's the COVID vaccine mandates. I don't know if you can or cannot really weigh in on it. Maybe just an opinion. Um, 
federal level at the very least. Let's talk about military, stuff like that. There are a lot of people who are concerned, stressed about what is going on. You know, people that you might not even know want to know, what do you guys in, in kind of the legal, I know you probably talked to other lawyers, kind of working behind the scenes in regards to maybe combat this or get it looked at in some kind of way, shape, or form to kind of give us a, you know, a little bit of wiggle room in regards to something that we've never seen before, you know? I think most of the chatter is that these vaccine mandates, whether at the state level or if there is a federal mandate as for all American citizens, it's going to be unconstitutional. Yeah, It's not who we are as Americans, but again, it's going to be a fight, not just for our liberty, our freedom, but it's the epic fight that we're all going to see and whether the United States is going to succumb to fear and those of, and it's going to create classes of citizens those who can and that those who can't, yeah. those who can travel, work, earn a living, have access to the resources and those who cannot. I think um, one of the most heartening pieces that I saw just this morning is that even BLM, Black yeah. Lives Matter in New York City just today announced that they will have riots and protesting and an uprising in New York City if they continue to enforce the vaccine mandate against blacks. Blacks in New York City have over 87% unvaccinated, yep. right? And well, they should because of what happened to them throughout the United States history yep. in yes. the Tuskegee experiment. We don't know. There's no informed consent. There's so many implausible things about this whole vaccine mandate. We don't know what's in it. The human trials typically take three to four years and we still don't know what the overall end results are of that. And the fact that they're taking away choice from Americans and also our rights to be free, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it's unconstitutional. But we've seen weirder things happen in the courts, yeah. right? They don't oh, necessarily yeah. side with the Constitution. I'm not very um, optimistic that this is not going to be upheld. I'm honestly preparing for the worst. And of course, the religious exemptions, Biden just betrayed vast amounts of voters that voted for him saying there won't be a religious exemption for the military and for those sectors that um, are under this mandate. So what about our religious freedom as well? You know, those of us who have an adversity to the vaccine on religious grounds, what about us? Yeah. So they're really stripping down our freedoms. That's really the larger context of this. But again, we just have to prepare and see whether enough Americans are going to um, show up against the United States government and say, I'd rather resign. I'm not going to uh, live my life with just an ID card uh, defining who I am and what my economic status will be in the future. Yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate to hear. But I, I think at the end of the day, we have to start looking at kind of the reality of it. Um, I know a lot of people in the military, we talk, interact with hundreds, if not thousands of people in the military here on our show. And, you know, they send us information, this, that, and the other thing. We're, we started to see leaked over the last couple of days um, the vaccine ingredients for the one that was approved by the FDA. About 90% of it is redacted on the label. It does have a label. It's a big label, not like the emergency use authorization ones that have no label, just blank inserts. This one's big, a lot of writing, a lot of redaction. So definitely a big concern, but uh, something we'll we'll keep an eye on maybe with you and especially in the news as we move forward and see what's kind of going on. Listen, regardless of what the instance is, we, we always want to be able to direct our listenership. It's pretty big and interactive to follow you on social media. Maybe if you want to, you know, let us know uh, your law firm and, and we'll link 
all of your sites, whatever, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you feel comfortable giving out uh, in the show description for you. Yeah, you can follow me. I do quite a lot of interviews um, here locally and um, and nationally, as well as internationally, especially with a lot of Hispanic media. You can yep. follow me on um, Twitter at Esther Valdez or on Facebook, Esther Valdez Clayton. Perfect. And then uh, hopefully you'll be doing more interviews with us in the future. I'm glad we reconnected. I've known you for a really long time. It's pretty funny. I've gotten fatter and older and you look literally <laughs> exactly the same as you did a decade ago. Well so, said and well played. So, so I guess I am fatter and older. <laughs> no lies detected. <laughs> Miss, About me. Oh, I'm okay. the staker of the eggs. <laughs> there you go. Miss Esther Valdez Clayton, thank you for coming on with us today. And, and we look to connect with you again soon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Welcome into the program now. He's the host of Conspiracy Castle. It's an excellent show. He's also, I guess you could call him a... Uh, Instagram celebrity, Mr. Prince Alex Stein. Thank wow, you. Wow, for- way, way, <laughs> shut your dang mouth. Okay, what is it? The, uh, uh, over the line. That is, we just, you guys already had the uh, Big Lebowski. That is over the line. That's too nice. Celebrity, man, I wish. But I, I do get some, sometimes I get a lot of likes. Sometimes I make a weird video embarrassing myself and I get enough likes for it. So, if you want to call that celebratorial, I'll take it. But this day and age, all celebrities suck. So I kind of want to be the anti-celebrity. You know what I, like I mean? That. We're the yeah. counterculture, the, the truthers. Welcome to the show. First time on today. You're going to do the news with us. Um, before we get into it, though, why don't you tell our listenership a little bit about what you got going on on your end in regard to Conspiracy Castle? Yeah, well, uh, you know, just a little bit about myself. You know, I'm primetime 99 Alex Stein. I'm the king of all like a baby Alex Jones. I look up to Alex Jones and I think that we live in a world that is basically like a a fake matrix. uh, This political correctness that, you know, we have to follow. And that's the fake world. And so I try to have a show where we break out of that world. But the only way to do it is to like shine some sort of mirror. That's why it's called black mirror. Cause mm. that is like, it's just a mirror on our society. It sees how toxic we are, but that's another form. That's what I try to do with my show is I try to show a mirror onto the left or whatever you want to call it. The liberal. Cause even people on the right, you got to shine some stuff on the right. Even sure do. Kooky. You know, everybody's kooky on both sides, but some more than others, obviously, you know, I think, you know, we know where that how that goes, but it's you know it's kind of I try to put that mirror on it and uh, you know shine the hypocrisy because everybody's so hypocritical this day this day and age. So that's what my show's all about, especially with politics. Every politician sucks, so it's weird. I would have never thought I would be a political person, but when it's literally that bad, when literally ninety nine percent of politicians all suck dick. Excuse my language. Oh. Let it rip. I mean, that's not an exaggeration. I mean, it's just sad. It's a sad world. If I ever thought that a politician had my back, but they don't, you know, we're, we're uh, the United States is run by multinational corporations like Pfizer, like Nabisco, like Tesla. And, you know, how it works is these corporations pay lobbyists, you know, to, to fund political action committees that get these politicians elected for these uh, you know positions no matter what they are no matter which party it is and they are the ones that rule us and it's very simple and you see uh, you know the price of insulin is $200 in America but $2 in Mexico yep. you know that we're getting screwed doggy style and so that's what i'm trying to do is point out uh you know that hypocrisy and and it's terrible 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah let it rip. <laughs> over the line. Over it's the n- line. It, we're ripping it. Over the line, Smokey. Never over the line on this show. All right, we're going to get right into it. we got a couple polls that we take throughout the course of the show, and fortunately, we're going to get them both banged out in the first few segments. Mm. Okay? Uh, 2020 presidential election. Which one do you prefer to use when describing it? Crime of the century, rigged and stolen, or unreturned diamonds? I mean, rigged and stolen. Okay. I mean, the entire election was decided by, I believe, what, 45,000 votes yep. in between like three states. I mean, obviously, it wasn't uh, fair. And that's the sad thing is that um, I don't think we're ever going to get a fair election again. And like, that's the cuckoo conspiracy theorist tinfoil hat. A lot of people say, you know, all politicians are selected, not elected. I'm what you call a baby truther. Like I do think in like local, you know, local elections and stuff, you can have a say, you can vote politicians in. But from now on, from the federal government down, I don't have any hope with mail-in ballots, especially when literally three states, like three different counties in like Pennsylvania and Arizona and, you know, Michigan or some shit can decide the whole election. It's a screwed up system. Even if you're anti-electoral college, it's still a screwed up system, whatever the system is, how we got it today. Yeah. No, you're completely right. And that those are all valid points and ones that we make often on this show. Um, we're less than an hour away. It's Friday afternoon. It's currently in the noon hour from the first releases of the Maricopa County audits. Um, last night, a lot of the mainstream media took to the airwaves and to the interwebs to kind of delegitimize this and say, not only did the election audits confirm that Joe Biden won Arizona, which we all know is not true, uh, he actually he, get, he won by 360 votes. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Wow. That, that, that's what CNN was saying. That's a narrow margin. Yeah. They were saying he actually increased his vote margin a little bit by 360 votes. Is that correct? Is that isn't that what they said? Is something like election? Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's just so, such bullshit. I mean. Give me a freaking break. I, and I don't know how you audit a computer that can be manipulated. manipulated. I mean, that's, yeah. an, that's an excellent point. And they're, they're just getting some of that, that hard information there. So I, I think what, uh, you know, a lot of the people who are. Dude, this is all you need to know. I'm not even trying to cut you off. I'm really not. But, dude, Biden couldn't get 10 people to a rally. And uh, Trump put, you know, sold out every stadium he went to. It's just like there's no way, even as much as people hated Trump. There's no way Joe Biden is the most popular president ever. Like I'm saying, forget all the election. I'm just talking about how you touch it and feel it with your hands. The energy, you know, what was in the ether. There's no way that Joe Biden. I mean, he wasn't even the most. Kamala Harris was the least popular Democratic candidate for president. She was their last choice. And then she's the vice president. I mean, you couldn't pick two people that were more unlikable to win it so it's it's impossible it was an impossibility even as like and, and and i'll be honest i lost a lot of respect for trump not just because he became a vaccine salesman because i could almost give him a pass for the vaccine salesman because i okay. can understand people that are plugged into the matrix like oh you know maybe some vaccines work you know like maybe not all vaccines are bad so i could see how he could be manipulated by big pfizer by pfizer that doesn't mean he's a good person i'm just saying everybody has a price and i know trump has one but, dude, what he did to the people on January 6th, all those people did was walk around. I mean, I'm sure, you know, maybe I had a friend who's been charged with assault by an officer because he he had a crutch and, and just, you know, like uh, walked up to an officer with a crutch and his whole life is in, in ruin. I mean, he's on probation right now waiting court. And Trump could have got all those guys off before he left the office. That's where Trump fucked up. It's like he should have pardoned those people. He should have done that. 
And I know maybe optics, it would have made him look bad, but dude, that killed me that he screwed all those people because I know he didn't tell them to storm the Capitol, but what they did on January 6th was not one one hundredth as bad as Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And Kamala Harris and all of them got to fund it and do the bail bond fund and get the people out of jail. So, yep. I mean, what the hell? It doesn't make any sense. He should have had balls and be like, well, you guys did the bail bond fund for Black Lives Matter. I'm doing the bail bond fund and the, you know, pardon fund for the my supporters. I think that they were, you know, they were frustrated. I'm going to leave the White House, you know, and you get what you want. And these people shouldn't go to jail and their lives shouldn't be ruined. You know, especially people that were like the biggest, staunchest supporters of Trump, you know. Yeah, no, it it makes total sense. A lot of people forget there was time in between January 7th and the 20th for for him to possibly do something. In addition, we have read the numbers on the show. There was close to 3000 people who got bailed out by the DNC for crimes committed during the uh, summer riots of uh 2019 into 2020 and just cut and dried legit crimes assault assault on police officers assault on police officers. arson yeah. dude Burning arson right. people but, but animals died pets died humans died i mean this no and and, and listen uh, uh ashley babbitt got executed there's yes, no she doubt did. i mean yeah that, that for, for that guy to say that he was even threatened by her i mean he shot her point blank no, I mean, that's such a lie. And that's the same guy that left his uh, gun in a bathroom stall. And then now he's like on CNN or whatever. Then they interviewed him on NBC. Like, give me a fucking break. And then you look at all the footage. As a matter of fact, the prosecutors didn't want the footage released, but they got the, the defense, you know, whatever in the prosecution, even though this is all political theater. Right. Release the footage. And it's just a bunch of guys with selfie sticks walking around. And it's just you, me, Noah, Roan. It's it's literally us three walking around with selfies. I mean, it's not us, but metaphorically. For the record, I was it's not. Just a <laughs> yeah, I wasn't there you know I, I'm just saying uh, it's just middle aged guys, yes. just, you know, that were that liked America. Like they weren't jihadi domestic terrorists, no. dude. The opposite of that. As a matter of fact, I think they would if there was shit there, those guys would have helped build it back. You know what I mean? They yeah. wouldn't want to tear anything down if those if they would have said, hey, you guys have to come back here and do the manual labor to fix all the windows you broke i guarantee all those motherfuckers would come back yeah. and and fixed it themselves if that was if they could have worked it out but yeah, i got my tools in my truck yeah, exactly i the- did they, they, they would have built it back better uh, like biden says so <laughs> it's 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 just all it's really sad like these politicians really are all smiling and i like trump i still you know like trump but he's just not our savior never was our savior he you know he gives us the illusion of that but that's what a masterful comedian and entertainer does oh i like he, that he's the best yeah he's the best there ever was we kind of label him as like a he, he's a, he's a speaker box a figurehead for things that go on that don't necessarily involve him but you know he's kind of like above it all like you said um debatable on what his price tag is or or if or not you know well, dude, did you see that clip where, where uh, it was it was what's his name exactly? Bill Gates saying that one of the times he ever interacted with uh, Donald Trump that he was asking him about the uh, efficacy of vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. So Trump's not a dodo bird. He knows that vaccines could potentially be harmful. And I mean, he knows that they just don't have long term testing. Like he's like, oh, I got my vaccine. And then, you know, he has his daughter getting the vaccine on, on camera. It's just. Weird times. Know. Definitely weird times. Made me it just it makes me not like him as much. But he did say no mandate. So he's better. He's the lesser of two evils. He's better than Hillary Clinton. But that's another thing. That's another thing. I love Donald Trump. This isn't the Donald Trump bashing hour, but dude, he said 
uh, you'd be in jail to Hillary Clinton. Now, I know he probably couldn't actually put her in jail, but dude, he could have exposed them. He knows what Epstein and them were doing. And he let them, he let Epstein get killed in jail. I mean, that's all that. That's all bullshit. Yeah, that was a kind of an interesting uh, exit for Mr. Epstein from the uh, live stage, I guess you would call it, while he was up there. in. Wait, are you saying Epstein didn't kill himself? I'm pretty sure he didn't. I just wanted to say it. Yeah, It's been a while. It's kind of hard from a four-foot bunk bed, and the only thing you have is your toilet paper. How about new? Exactly. Um, Maybe it was two points. And then, then, wait, you know Barr's dad is the one that hired Epstein at the first ever prep school, that Epstein's first job ever. Did you know that, where he was a mathematician? Yeah, that's why a lot of people never really got on board with Bill Barr. It was just some of those creepy connections, proxy and connections that kind of, uh, you know, always Bill Barr... Go oh, he was technically in charge. He was technically in charge of the prison too. That he got killed in. Yeah, I mean, it, it was part of the BOP. Fed- so, essentially, yeah. And then w- when you see the whole thing, well, first we were sleeping, but then we were paid to sleep and turn all the cameras off. It's just like you know, you, you can't make up some of this stuff in a really good movie. But- I want to get paid to sleep. Yeah, so do I, dude. That's- all you need to know is this: on the search history, he was looking out for motorcycles on Craigslist. Only a retarded person would be pre-looking up the motorcycle you're going to buy with the $10,000 check or whatever you're getting from the New World Order or whoever, you know, whoever. And, and you know who gives him a $10,000 check? It's probably his boss. I mean, it's probably somebody that's, it's, you know, it's probably not that clandestine or sketchy how those guys are told what to do. You know what I mean? Because this is, this is, what, my, this is what I'm trying to say is my point. These cops in the street at these riots and stuff in Australia or wherever, a cop will do whatever their police chief tells them. They don't care about the Constitution, the law or right. whatever is, is actually written. You know, they're not attorneys. If, it, if it, there is if a police chief tells a cop, hey, go knock all those guys in the head with your club and then put them in handcuffs and throw them in the back of his van. The cops are like, yes, sir. No problem. You know, they're not <laughs> they're not going to do it's It's the cops have an un, and I'm not saying defund the police. But we just have a system of order followers that will follow any orders from their superior. So like those people in Epstein's case, like those prison guards, they're probably told by somebody that was their superior what to do and that they would get, you know, get some sort of bonus for it and to shut the fuck up about it. Like it's probably not that the chain of command doesn't need to be that big. And, and, and it, it doesn't that doesn't need to be that crazy of a conspiracy to think that people are just going to do whatever their boss tells them, especially if you're in law enforcement. Well, to some extent, I mean, I don't think across the board, there's definitely a lot of people in law enforcement that are against these unethical unconstitutional orders yeah but at the end of the day it's like you do see a lot of times in law enforcement some of the things that comes out of it oh it's ridiculous the chief tells the foot soldiers to do something go arrest that guy that's kayaking by himself on the beach but but at the end of the day it's like if you resist as an underling you get hit with the chief or the superior telling him i gave you a lawful order now you're in violation of not doing your job if you don't do it, whether you like it or not, whether it's constitutional or not. It's like the chain of command is so deep before you even get into the things that have to deal with the Constitution, which is like chief counsel and stuff like that. Good luck trying to question that and keep your job. You know what I'm saying? And, and Dude, they, they, I, I, I'm so bad at cutting people off. They arrested a girl named Shelly Luther in Dallas, Texas, for keeping her hair salon open. What kind of a loser cop do you arrest a fucking hairdresser? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the Nancy Pelosi's hairdresser didn't get her place shut down. Well, maybe after she, you know, outed Nancy Pelosi, she might have gotten some fines or something. True story. I wonder. Just, we need to look into that. 
Everybody's hands up. You're cutting hair in here? No, you're not allowed to open. It's COVID. This is a COVID-restricted zone. You're going to jail, ma'am, the owner. And that's real. That really happened here in Dallas. Shelly Luther. That's very shitty to hear, especially in a... Well, that's another thing. You get a lot of optics, places like Texas, places like Florida. You know, on the outside, you hear, oh, no mandates, no masks. And then you hear people that actually live in that state, especially like, you know, you have a channel, we have a show... We, we all interact with hundreds, if not thousands of people on a weekly basis. And they'll tell you, like, I live in Florida. Like, my kid has to fucking wear masks at school. I have a ma- vaccine mandate at my work. It's just like, it's only like the different parts of Florida. The yeah, I mean, there's, Texas. there's, you know, it's like saying there's no asshole rich people that live in the beach areas of California. Yeah, if, if you live near generally a, a decent sized city, it's usually run by liberals and you yep. have to deal with all of their policies regardless. They just supersede, you know, whatever the governor or the president or the emperor of the universe says. Circling back to Maricopa. Oh, yeah. We're well, real quick before Arizona, but I was surprised. Is San Diego not pretty conservative or, or is it is it pretty liberal? Because it just seems like it's kind of like wealthier individuals. You think it might be conservative, but is that not the breakdown in San Diego? County? I think it, it is just, more than they allow to let more on. More than they say. We've right had a multiple term uh, conservative mayor just leave. He was at the end of how many he could serve here this year, and then he ran for governor. He finished like eighth. Me. Right. He, like, he, I, I could see why they, I guess it's like a bunch of like champagne socialist type people because they pay a bunch of taxes and stuff. But, you know, they don't like paying all these guys that buy a $10 million house in San Diego don't like paying a shit ton of taxes. No, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know? Well, not only that, but it's it's a really large military town here. There's a couple, yeah. you know, military installations and bases in, in San Diego and, and they have a pretty large, you know, conservative population here. But. They swear it's always blue, so, you know, mm-hmm. it, it just depends. When people get sick of paying those ridiculous taxes, that's usually when they go and, uh, really? well, either they leave or they vote in a conservative for a couple terms, and then the taxes go down, the homeless people get scooped up. And then they forget. As soon as it starts to look clean, they're like, eh, kind of like, you know, the guy who's ridiculously overtly gay who gave himself a $125,000 raise right before the mayoral election and ran uncontested, which just happens to be the case in San Diego now and the mayor we have here. So that, how much that was sounds, his raise? That sounds funny. Yeah. $125,000. That's it. I'm giving myself a raise. Exactly. Um, hey, hey, and, and real quick. And the last thing about San Diego, like the geoengineering, I, I think like all the weather's terrible everywhere. And if there's no, you know, there's, there's like cloud seeding, they have technology to actually do a lot of stuff to the weather. Yeah. But San Diego has the best weather on earth. I wonder why that is. Like, I don't, I feel like that has to be manipulated to be so perfect. Like how is San Diego so nice in a way in my mind? I mean, maybe it's just accidental, but that is literally the nicest place probably on earth, you know, it, or at least in America. It's pretty decent weather. I'd have to say I've lived here for over 20 years. The weather has gotten shit since I've lived here. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's it it's has. location and, you know, the mountains. Like, I've literally come across from the other side from Yuma, and I've literally driven through a violent rainstorm, crested the hill into sun. Right. It was just like, oh, the clouds didn't make it over for the storm. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, when I first moved out here in the late 90s, it was 72 and sunny for 90% of the year, and now it's kind of like 100 degrees and really humid in the summer, and it it gets into the high 30s in the winter, but I would say, generally speaking, it's still pretty decent weather. I wouldn't... And it fluctuates like that every couple of years anyway. I wouldn't trade it for the deep south. Mm-hmm. Tell you that much. Yeah. The bugs. It's probably like that. It's probably perfect like 85% of the time and then, you know, 10, 15% of the time. Yeah, we get a few months of like, oh, yeah. man, I really need the air conditioning. Yeah, like the last couple of months. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully... Dude, it has been so hot here in Texas. It's been 101. I mean, it has been hotter than hell. And my AC, I live in this old duplex. It can only, like... 
when it's 100 degrees, my AC can only really cool it like 15 or 20 degrees. It can't get to 72. Like it can only get down to like 76, 75 when it's 100, 102 outside. So it's not that it's that bad, but it's still freaking annoying when it's like 78, 79 in your house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's and, gross. And with the AC, you know, cranked up because I don't want my freaking AC to build to be a thousand dollars, you know, so it's just still it's a pain in the ass. The uh, the heat and the AC that we need in Texas. And this is another thing that's weird. I, maybe you guys are used to it, but we just had a snowstorm. We like never have snowstorms in Dallas. And, and it, because there was such a burden on the electrical grid, they had to do rolling blackouts during it. So like when people needed power the most, they had to, you know, turn the power off uh, periodically during this like terrible crisis. And, you know, multi, I think it was like 60 something people died or something yeah. like that. Well, they were and that's uh, just weird. That that never happens. It's, it's, it's so such bullshit. They were very dependent on the wind energy because they were doing all that green stuff, and then the turbines actually froze during the storms, which put a huge strain on the electrical grid and the the plants, which were actually not allowed to operate past a certain efficiency level. So it all could have been fixed. And hopefully it will be moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't think this, but that that's like you, they could turn off the internet for one day and people would go nuts. If they, if we had, you know, if they, if people couldn't check their Instagram or Facebook for, I think we're almost there. Oh, three days. We're already there. Yeah, three days, three no, days. no internet. You'd be looting your neighbor's houses. <laughs> Literally. What would happen? I mean, would people just divorce their wives? Husbands and wives would be fighting. People wouldn't know how to open up a jar of pickles. They, you know, without being able to Google how to do it. They would be like, what? I remember I when the power went out in San Diego and I rode my motorcycle downtown just to see, you know, what the deal was and like, just to see what people were up to. It was an, it was a work night. The bar I used to work at was actually open by candlelight, so I was very bummed I actually had to go to work still. But standing in front of this bar in the gas lamp of San Diego, just watching people walk around, and it's been five, six hours of no power at that point. Were they dragging and, knuckles and, and stuff? And people are just walking around like, what do I do? Like, uh, I need food. I'm, I'm starving to death. Like, <laughs> it's just yeah, like the most entitled people. Dude. People start starving to death after 12 hours. Yeah. The McDonald's not open. And I'm the same way. I'm like, wait, well, why, when, when is it going to open? Why, 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 why is it closed? You know, you do kind of feel like what? Like, like, uh, I already ate all my pop tarts. Yeah. I mean, you just, you're nervous. Like that thing that's just that, that you don't even think about. That's always there. Like there, there's always the McDonald's. There's always the whatever. And then when it's, you can't depend on it, you don't realize what you got till it's gone is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. No, it's very true. Like I said, I three days tops. I may have gotten to say I told you so about having food and water uh, stored at yeah, the house. You better have a little bit. Yeah. Um, I got a little bit. I got a little bit. I got, a, I got probably like 100 pounds of rice and uh, some water and some extra cat food. I mean, that's just. Well, you know, you can eat the cat could, food. They, and uh, but I got some cats. But the, the, the supply chains, they could shut that down in two seconds or yeah. a truck. Because even now, the, that Walmart where I did the thing, you know, that's another reason I was going there too much. But I was like, fuck it. I'm going to talk on the thing. I'm going to talk on the megaphone or I'm going to try to talk at this one because they never have like the Gatorade Zero, the Powerade Zero. They never have like the almond milk I like. They don't have it here either. It's so weird. Like Powerade Zero just went away like a month ago. Okay, so that's the same for you. Dude, they haven't had Powerade Zero at this place in two all summer, basically. Yeah. Dude, it's been it's been more than a month. Uh, and the other Walmart didn't. Uh, they had like Gatorade. They didn't have this place that the one I usually go to didn't have the Gatorade Zero or the Powerade Zero. 
But uh, this other one I went to didn't still didn't have Powerade Zero, but they still had a little Gatorade Zero, which I thought was. I'm just saying they don't have the regular shit that they normally have. It's what, definitely s- in the, stemmed it yeah. off. Well, it's not on the George Soros shopping list anymore. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, it should be. It's full of aspartame, all the horrible crap. I'm drinking a Diet Dr. Pepper now. I'm addicted to it. And that's Trump's fault because Trump drinks 12 Diet Cokes a day. Did you all know that? And he looks fantastic. <laughs> well, he gets Melania, so he fucks. I mean, he's still probably. I'm wondering if you think they still fuck. No way. I'm going to say yeah. You think, yeah, she just owes it to him a couple of... I mean, he fucks Stormy Daniels for sure, so we know, like, he fucks. <laughs> I just don't know if he if he fucks, like, Melania. I wonder if she just looks bored the whole time. She always looks bored, period. I know, but, like... Looks like it hurts to smile. It she might. She just give him a hand. She just will give, oh, Donald, I'll give you a hand job. Just sit there. <laughs> and that's what she does. She doesn't... And he'll look at a nudie magazine while they do it. It's she wears a she pretty wears pretty a Hulk show. glove. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, she might wear a mask at least because he did get corona. Uh, no, he's he's good to go now. <laughs> he's had Regenedron or whatever it's called. Vir- Virginia you know, Did you see that? Well, did you see Rizmizivir? I can nobody even say it. Um, I just saw some study. I don't even want to pull it up. People, go, oh. Like, supposing the clinical trials, a third of the people that got prescribed it had kidney failure and a bunch of people died. And like that, and, and it just happened. That happens to be that the one treatment that they recommend. And so it looks like people that are in the hospital that are getting di- diagnosed with COVID, and they're getting that and they're dying of kidney failure. A lot of people that is the safest failure. and most secure treatment in the history of treatments. Is I, that what they said? No, I'm, no I'm assuming that's what they would say. That's probably what they say about everything. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just saying that's what I've heard. I've literally and, and I mean, of course, I'm not a doctor, so I hate this. I was like, oh, you don't get your medical. Information Those are unfounded. Crazy serious on YouTube. Well, no shit. You shouldn't get your medical information from me or, or Noah. I mean, dude, I mean, or Ron, definitely no not for me. You sh- but but listen, you should look into it yourself and kind of see like what's going on and you look at the stat. I'm not a status. I don't know how to like analyze this data so freaking well. But it looked like people that were had the resmizvevredir or whatever. I have to say remdesivir. It's oh. so freaking hard. And I consider myself well-spoken sometimes, but that, that word, I don't even want to learn it. It messes people up. And so they're prescribing that to people in the hospital, and they're getting worse. And I know a guy, I don't know, I'm sure you guys know this. So at the beginning of this whole pandemic, I'm like, you know, I don't the, the numbers are, you know, people are dying of heart disease. And they say on average, everybody has 4.7 pre-existing conditions. But now I know people that are like anti-vax or that. I know a guy that's in the hospital on a medically induced coma. And uh, I mean, I, I don't believe he got the vaccine. I mean, he says he's anti-vax. You know, somebody might lie to you and say they're anti-vax. Get right. it, but he so I'm saying I think people are getting sick now. I think the numbers, I think there might be a burden on hospitals and with less nurses, you know, when they're talking about how there might be a strain on the medical system. Now, I when they, they I don't believe anything the news says, so I still know they're full of some shit. Well, if you fire nurses, believe, you're going to have less. <laughs> exactly. So I'm saying there might be some sort of a little bit of strain on the medical industry. That that does, that would not surprise me. Right now. Do you guys know anybody that's sick or that has been sick that was kind of like, you know, awake to the what's going on? Yeah, I mean, we've had a couple people that got sick, but they they bounce back fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't. 
I don't think COVID is some super deadly disease. I think it has a you know incredibly high survival rate. I I don't think COVID's any, and I know this for a fact. I had a friend in college that got SARS, and so COVID's not new. It's the same SARS we've always had. Right. And I believe I believe the SARS before in years past, it, it on average it killed sixty to seventy five thousand people a year. That's probably about how many Americans it killed this year. It probably killed seventy five thousand Americans. You know, and then the normal amount of Americans died from the flu, pneumonia, and they got lumped in as COVID, and a lot of people died of heart disease, and now. A lot of people, I think, are getting, you know, not everybody, because I know people that got the jab and that are fine. But now the numbers, I think, are getting higher because people are getting the jab. And if you go to the hospital within two weeks of getting vaccinated, you're counted as an unvaccinated hospitalization. Oh, yeah. Because the vaccine. Yeah. So, dude, and there's a ton of people, just the VAERS, the vaccine adverse event uh, reactionary system, whatever it's called. Recording system. Is a recording system. 16,000 deaths are yep. reported and, and they're trying to say that that's a misnomer that is like they like even the mainstream media said that number is disputed. Yeah, probably disputed too low. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to dispute it. Well, yeah, there was uh, one of those videos where the health officials were talking about reporting to VAERS and that it doesn't get done because it takes so long. It takes like a half hour to put one of the inputs in. Yep. I think that was one of the Project Veritas videos. Yeah, that's one of the ones Dude, that came out this week. That Nobody second wants- one was a nothing sandwich, though. That was yeah. disappointing. Yeah, I think all Veritas stuff. I like Project Veritas. It's a good company. They do good work, but I never get like that cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs of it. Like I'm always I just like, know. this is going to be earth shattering. And then I'm like, yeah, like I think I've taken dumps that were more earth shattering than some of this stuff. Yeah, you, you literally had some drunk fat gay dude at a bar saying how he wanted to like to blow, to blow, blow dark, dark people. people. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's not really a huge something burger for me, more of a nothing burger. And like the, and there was election fraud. Like he got that girl that it did the, you know, or the ballot harvesting where you go around and get people's ballots. That happens everywhere. What yeah. the fuck are we going to do? I mean, that's nothing new. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. And that's the other problem is no amount of evidence can convince an idiot. Like this is a, uh, I say this on my show all the time, but, a&W root beer. They were in like the hot dog business. They were one of yep. the first, uh, uh, you know, fast food restaurants and McDonald's like surpassed them. And so McDonald's was got famous. Like you know, when A&W, they want to get in the hamburger business. They wanted to compete with McDonald's. So they did a nationwide survey asking people what they thought was a better value. A third pound burger for three ninety nine, or a quarter pound burger for four oh nine, like 10 cents more. And overwhelmingly, everybody picked a quarter pounder burger because they thought one fourth is more than one third. And they're like, that's what they they didn't realize that with the data. They they are going after the quarter pounder burger. They're like, oh, shit, that's not a good marketing strategy because I think they're getting less food. And that's so that's what we're dealing with is people. We're dealing with people that don't have a full deck of cards, including myself. I'm not saying I'm, you know, some brainiac, but um, I think you can you get smarter. You you acquire knowledge. But we're dealing with people that can't do a simple fraction like one third through one four. So no amount of evidence can convince an idiot. And if you're under enough trauma based mind control from the media, some people are just too far gone for help. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No matter what you tell them, you could literally like have the guy with the bar, the bag of ballots, like walking past them. And they'd be like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to ignore this. There's probably a whole bunch of old people that couldn't do it themselves. Yeah, exactly. That's legal. He's just picking them up for people. I mean, there's no. As long as their side wins, you're always going to. Hey, this is a perfect example when your team, when the Patriots win the Super Bowl, or when the Houston for Deflate Gate, or when the Astros won the World Series. All those Houston fans for banging on trash cans, they still wanted their. They know they're cheaters, but they still want their Rings. championship. Yep. You know, that's what I'm saying. So they're going to justify it as much as possible because as long as your team, any the the means, the ends always justify the means. Yeah, if you're on the winning side, lie, cheat, and steal. 
Yeah, unfortunately. No matter what, to Unfor- win. Unfortunately, we're losing our country literally right now. At the- well, this is why. But this is the three things. This 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 uh, scholar said it best. We were breaking everything down into three categories. Gender, race, and victimhood. Hmm. So everybody is, since everybody wants to be a victim, we don't have the ability to feel empathy. We can't feel for other people because everybody's challenging themselves to somehow figure out where they've been marginalized. So it's hard for them to realize there's other people they've marginalized and feel, you know, they can't, we can't walk a mile in people's shoes because it's all about race, gender, and how you've been a victim. It's really sad. Kind of, kind of interesting to see Black Lives Matter turning on the anti-vax movement right now. I don't know if you saw that over the last couple of days. You know, there was an incident with that restaurant in NYC, and now Black Lives Matter International has put out saying that if they hear of any black people being denied entry because of not their vaccine vaccination status, they're just going to compare it to race. They said full-on riots will trash businesses. We'll burn New York City down. So do you think you think that's real? You think they're actually going to follow through with any of that? I mean, they did go and trash that restaurant that kicked the three ladies out last week. They did. And the three ladies got a, a charge of assault. Yeah. And uh, I mean, supposedly they were using like fake vaccine cards or something. I mean, could you imagine BLM being a, a positive support? I don't know why not. I mean, all these people that are like Antifa, if they were really anti-fascist, the definition of fascism is the merger of corporation and state. And that's what we have when I was talking about, you know, multinational corporations, Pfizer yep. is, you know, the. They're going to make a vaccine that they're going to give to seven, you know, seven billion people. They're going to make so much money. Moderna, all these companies. So, you know, we're, we're run by companies. We're not even run by human beings. So that's the issue that is really, I think, at the crux of a lot of this. Yeah, I definitely think so, too. So we're getting close to the Arizona results from, the, you know, this part of the audit. What do you feel like eventually is going to come out of just here? Dude, it's going to be a nothing burger. Even if they said it was 100% stolen, you think Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to step down and say, oh, here you go, Donnie, we stole it from you. Uh, I mean, it's just going to be, as a matter of fact, they want it. This is what they want. They want it to look like it was stolen. So everybody on the right will just keep on, you know, we'll just keep on hyper-focusing on this election fraud, even though it's so fraudulent. Yeah. Uh, but, but they want us to focus on it. Because at the end of the day, it's a lot like the impeachment or it's a lot like the Russian collusion. It's just a big nothing burger. It's just a big distraction. I mean, it's just going to it's, it's even if they said this is just my opinion. I could be wrong. There's going to be some scholar. I mean, Mike Lindell, the my pillow guy, he's going to tell you that Trump's going to go back in the office and everything's going to be OK and that he's going to expose it. I hope he's right. I would love for him to be right. Yeah, I just don't I don't I don't think that is just going to happen. I just highly doubt it. Um. And and I and I don't even think if if that let's just say this let's say the the thing was stolen do you think how what is even the procedure for that I mean I you know like I don't even know who General Milley is calling China under uh, while Trump is still president so yes. it's not like the military is going to just let Trump saunter back in so I don't know who really calls the shots I don't even know how this all uh, whole government entity works and it's meant to be like that it's meant to be confusing like so we don't understand yeah yeah that's a good point um peter navarro talked on moving into our next poll steve bannon's war room yesterday now it's been alleged by some people in the community that steve bannon may or may not be q what is your feelings on that well, Bannon, I mean, I actually kind of like Bannon, too, but he's a chaos agent. I don't yeah, I would imagine is. that Q is some 
it's just, I mean, obviously we know it's some sort of psyop, but even <laughs> even the drops. I mean, I guess that's an understatement, obviously. But, yeah. Uh, you know, but what I'm trying to say is, did you just use the S word? Well, that's P. I know, I know. That's a throwback from another show. But this is what I'm saying about Bannon. He did have access to Trump, and I actually like Still Bannon. Still has access kind of, think, to Trump. Well, he did. I mean, he was one of, you know, he did have access. To oh, Trump. no, he's Bannon the person did. that got Donald Trump elected in 2016, hands down. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, he ran the show. I don't know what the relationship now. It doesn't seem like it's the same. I think Jared Kushner might have gotten in the way. And even Trump joked that Kushner is more loyal to Israel than America. But I think Bannon, <laughs> I mean, is he Q? Probably not. It's And it's probably not. It's not my if anybody, it's Michael Flynn, I would think. But he's probably not him. It's probably like his son. Do you guys think who do you guys think Q is? I mean, I can only speculate, you know, I don't really have an opinion on it. But in regards to this poll and is Steve Bannon Q, I say no. Noah, Mm-mm. Alex. He yeah, said no. no. According to this so, poll. No. Yeah. I don't, people have made that claims in the past and I just don't see it. Steve Bannon loves to hear himself talk too much to be someone who's going to be forever anonymous. You know, that's just my opinion. No shit. You nailed it. So, and all of the shirts and popped collars that he wears. And then just like the, run, 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 run. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's been doing a lot of that lately. So He would leave his stank on it so they could figure it out with Steve Bannon. He wouldn't let this cultural revolution cue thing and not get true, credit for it. I, I do think that he would not be able to ride this out as long as it's been going on without for like, either. Like, yeah, I, I, I have to fess up. Right. Uh, We're not posting anymore, so obviously I'm just going to say it. It's me. That, that's, well, maybe maybe that's why Q is probably some liberal lefty or something. Maybe that's why they can't, you know, that's why they maybe they can't say who it is because they'll be forever discredited. Maybe that's an angle that we haven't looked at yet, but not something out of the know. realms of uh, possibility in this world that we live in now. Um, someone who's probably more well qualified to talk on election integrity than any of the three of us is Dr. Peter Navarro. He appeared on Steve Bannon, who's not Q's war room yesterday to kind of uh, flex with the ponytail and, and talk about uh some diamonds that need to be returned. Let's hear it. Top line, Steve. Yes, it was stolen in Arizona. It's the canvas, not the count. This is really important to deflect this left-wing spin. Decertify now full forensic audit of the entire state. And what I did in the Navarro report and amplify in the book in Trump time um, is look at the receipts. And I'm going to show you uh, uh, the next slide here. Um, I want to show you this. This is kind of remarkable. Um, if you look on, on the left side, you've got uh, the numbers I calculated basically in the Navarro report, some of the highlights. The absentee ballots cast from addresses other than voters legal reside. That was close to 20,000. Ghost voters, yeah. which is a form of that. Out-of-state voters, this, that, and the other thing. Remember, it's only a 10,000 vote victory margin for Biden. Yeah, thanks, Bob Woodward, you pointed that out. Um, and then you go to the other side of the chart, and this is a version of what, what you had up with Boris. Um, you know, the mail-in votes without ballots receives, that's, that's 23,000 votes alone. That's twice the Biden victory margin. Those, what are those, Steve? Those are ghost voters. Official canvas does not match who voted. Bottom line, Steve, here's the bottom line. It's very simple. Five, this is a 5X, okay, over 50,000 illegal ballots yeah. in Maricopa County. County alone. One county. And if you put in the entire state, for example, you'd see that, that uh, the category 
of out-of-state voters who voted in-state would be. But we still don't have the. What I projected. I want to. It's five X right now. Five. Here's what's. Go ahead. Once here's what's important. Yep. If my report is so accurate, in Arizona, which is the cleanest of the states. The then the, of the cesspool of Georgia, my numbers are, are right there. My numbers are right in Pennsylvania. They're right in Wisconsin. And they're right in Michigan. And, and Bob Woodward, you know who, you know who knows, says, you know who knows if that, they flip 45,000 yeah. votes, Steve, yeah, we're flipping them, yeah. baby. We flip oh, wait, come them. On. It's almost like it's, it sounds like uh, the non-wrestling parts of uh, like a WWE <laughs> show. You know, it, it's just like, and, and, and we're going to flip these votes and I'll fight you in the street. You know what I'm saying? It's just, uh, it, it's so difficult right now. The, the preliminary leaks were 54,000. They're bad votes. Ghost voters, voters with no address, like Maricopa County sent out 10,000 mail-in ballots, just that county, and then received 23,000 back. Um, you know, things like that. But, but like, Alex alluded to a little bit earlier, it's, it's they murked the water so bad. I mean, the numbers that's been going around for the last six months has been like 200,000 plus. Now it's like the day before and they're like, oh, you know, 54,000. And it's just like, okay, it's 54,000. That's probably going to be heavily scrutinized. It's going to have to probably be re-audited by auditors. And what are we going to get out of that actual number at the end of the day? It's going to be a clusterfuck. I mean, they're trying to redo these votes. It's all bullshit. That's the problem. It's like, uh, trying to find uh, what is in a needle in a haystack. I, I just, for me, it's like, a, I, I guess it's good to audit all this stuff they're doing. Now they're going to do it in Texas because maybe it will in the future, you know, help some sort of election integrity. But that's like, uh, dude, they won the election by the perfect amount, by such a small amount. So that's how you know it's fake. I yes. mean, uh, if anybody can't realize it's fake, they won by the perfect amount. They stopped counting. And we've never had an election. It takes six weeks or would it take two months to certify it? I mean, give me a break. That's not. So, I mean, people can see it right in front of their face. It's not even like a magic trick and uh, we're not going to get any justice. So I, I'm just losing hope for them exposing it. They could say that it was stolen by a hundred thousand votes and people would say, Oh, well that's fake news. Or I don't know how they would uh, explain it away, but they would explain it away for sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely already received some scrutiny, and and you know, like I said, I've talked to a couple of people in the last twenty four to forty eight hours who said like, you know, we need to keep doing certain things, but in regards to like expectations of stuff along this nature, it, it, mine is at zero. That that's you know some feedback that I've gotten in in the community. Um, Wendy Rogers, she's kind of been at the forefront of this one in Maricopa, um, you know, and. and Believe it or not, she's become such a prominent figure in this, we call it the Stop the Steal movement. Um, wasn't even really in politics more than, you know, six, seven months ago. She was just a citizen of Arizona. And now not only has she become a face that you see regularly on TV and on social media, she's going to all these other states. She's talking to secretaries of state. She's organizing things in some of these swing states that are contested and kind of gave a preview as, as we near the magic hour right now of, of kind of what, uh, you know, she hopes to expect be released today. Let's hear what she had to say yesterday in regards to uh, the audit results that we should be getting any minute now. A cyber forensic audit, one of a kind, uh, certainly unprecedented, of 2.1 million ballots. And this is to say that it's not only uh, a recount of the ballots, but it was an evaluation of each ballot itself. 
uh, to the tune of about one minute per ballot where four features were examined, uh, the fibers of the paper, the cross-hatched printing uh, of how the ballot was printed as to whether or not it was an authentic ballot, uh, the watermarks, the yellow dot watermarks, whether or not they were present. And most interesting to me uh, was the analysis of the actual oval bubble that was filled in uh, to ostensibly vote for a candidate. Uh, we could tell if it was done by a human or not, based on a uh, microscopic capable camera. It was- uh, Alex, you said, you alluded to right very briefly ago that they were gonna try and make this as confusing as possible. After listening to that minute and 57 seconds from Wendy Rogers, who's no audit election specialist herself, do you feel any more confident in understanding how this forensic audit, one of a kind, Top notch was conducted in regards to. I mean, she was using her fingers to say cross stitch, fibering on the paper and dots. It's and it's word salad. And now you're saying she's become a whole. This has been her whole identity is like this election fraud. And good of her, but it's a it's a lot like Sidney Powell. It's a lot like these people that they find their lane and they get in it and they you know they stay in it. I don't blame, I don't blame her for, you know, trying to, and I think what she's doing is right. Like, I think she's right. All these people are hundred. What Mike Lindell is doing is awesome. Amazing. But he's like losing, but he's losing his entire business. He's, he's giving it all away. I don't think Trump gives two craps about Mike Lindell. I mean, I mean, I know that it's not a reciprocal relationship and uh, I mean, I'd vote for Mike Lindell for president. I'm serious over Biden. No doubt about it. But, um, yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't. I mean, I, I just did like her saying all that confusing stuff. It leaves me no hope. And I keep saying this. They're going to say, oh, it, uh, the, the amount of votes Trump needed to win, we found it's not going to change anything. Even if that is like the consensus from society is nothing will be done. Yeah, it, it was a domestic it, terrorist for uh, even uh, wanting to change it. it. Yeah. Well, it would take a, a state Senate voted decertification of an already certified certificated presidential election certified presidential election so it'd be pretty interesting good fucking luck you did bring up one of our favorite stop the Steelers and all of this mike lindell former humble pillow farmer oh current flying around the country in his private jet meeting with secretaries of states getting ready to present evidence to the supreme court he announced this week is kind of bigly. Uh, you know, he said before Thanksgiving, he's going to file with the Supreme Court evidence that's so overwhelming that they will have no choice but to vote 9-0. I hope so. Yeah. I, ho I hope he's 100% right. And I love Mike Lindell. He's an, a true patriot. Don't know how he's making money. I saw he was at some parade. I mean, it was a small parade, but they were throwing out pillows as the gift. I mean, I saw that too. That was pretty awesome. I can't imagine the overhead on those is too high. Like, I mean, the, the ah, cost oh versus profit is probably pretty good. Yeah, but okay. No, but seriously, though, uh, Noah, well, what do you mean? Like, well, how, how does he? This is my question. I know I'm stuttering. How is he such a rich person off those pillows? Do that many people order him? Is the profit margin that big on those pillows? I don't understand how he's so rich. Now he's got my sandals, my this. How is he so wealthy where he can do all this crap? Have you ever heard of Giza sheets? <laughs> no, is that his thing? Giza sheets? Yes. Is that like a They're made from the finest Egyptian cotton. <laughs> Oh, I've heard him do his commercial. I'm saying, is that, I mean, I do hotels buy his pillows or something. Does he have a huge man distribution? Like, 
I, I, I can imagine the pillow business makes you a wealthy man, but is he a billionaire? I mean, what is he? How does he have this? I have no resources idea. To do? I mean, the sheets are expensive. Like I've put them in my shopping cart a couple times and been like, man, these are probably really great sheets, but oof. I know. And, and Even with that promo code. I'd like to say he's been in the business for a long time, but he always circles back to how he was such a crackhead not too long ago. It's kind of. He always circles back how he was smoking. Crack. And that's kind of why he's cool that he smokes crackhead. But see, how does a crackhead become a pill, a pillow billionaire a or whatever he is? Of the community? A pillowaire. <laughs> pillowaire. I mean, it doesn't. You know what? We actually heard this story in person. And when he told it, he was like talking about how. Him and all his friends got high, and all of his friends like got so on high crack. on crack, and they called him out on his bullshit. And they're like, "Man, you said you're gonna like make a pillow, and like you were gonna get us out of this like shitty life." <laughs> and then he's like, "You know what, Mike? We told everybody not to sell you crack anymore." And all the drug dealers were like, "Oh no, I'm not gonna sell you crack." They said I, they'd, they'd kill me if I sold you crack. <laughs> we literally heard him tell this story, and then he said, "You know, I went back to my friends, and most of them had left, but two was there." And he said, "You want to know what, man? I am gonna make the best pillow. And I'm gonna get you guys out of here." And then you go to the black. And now and they work for him. And, yeah, and, and now they work. Well, for he's him. he's still cracked out because he's always like, like he's always, you know, uh, what does he do? He's always like licking his lips all weird. Like he has that. He has that. Uh, He's probably not on crack anymore, but he's got a the well, mustache leftovers, you know. most likely. Yeah, what is that? Yeah. Car- a carpet mustache. Carpet. <laughs> he's always like, he's always like, no, you know, how you doing? He's a great guy, though. I'm not even, I'm not even being position that he's like Guy Fieri. I'm so he's bummed we didn't get to interview him. That was such a letdown. Yeah, but you, you want to know? What, we were though? ten feet away from him, and in, in the place where everybody Lindell interviews. Again. Yeah, dude, you'll get Mike. Mike Lindell is uh, sadly, I. Uh, <laughs> Being a black pill nihilist, but I think Mike Lindell is going to be there. The left is going to roast him and make sure his business goes down. Oh, they've, oh been, yeah. they've been trying. They've I been mean, trying. They've identified him as a soft target. We saw him almost get assaulted in person also. Oh, dude, they're never going to stop. They're going to wait. They're going to let they're going to bleed him out slow. You know, like yeah. maybe like in three years he goes out of business. But, dude, it will be the front page of they're going to expose him as much as possible. And the thing is, like when we saw him, he was with General Flynn. And although they both share some of the same security detail who are all block out the Sunners, retired Blackwater people, they just feel like they could take a run up on Mike Lindell instead of General Flynn. Like that's like they're both standing right there and then they just go after Mike Lindell like we've we've seen it with our own eyes. Yeah, I mean, they threw eggs at Larry Elder. They called him a black white supremacist. So, yeah, I mean, like these people were like, uh, you know, chaos. Uh, they're, yeah, they're, that's what they agent, do. Agent, agent provocateurs are like, hey, go attack this guy. Yeah. And they're like a homeless crackhead. You know, it'll be a crackhead that t- attacks Mike Lindell. So, Mike Lindell and that crackhead that he gets attacked by would have been friends in a past life. Well, that's the, the best no part about him, together. too, because he'll be the first one to jump jump in there and say, well, you know, I've had a lot of knives to my throat and guns to my face throughout my he life. He said so, he had a sword to his throat. Yeah, that's that, pretty epic. That stuff really doesn't bother me. <laughs> okay. Um, let's hear Pillows talk about what, what's going on as we round out this Stop the Steal segment. You were in South Dakota, and you were pretty confident there. Right. Well, because I've been, meet, I've been meeting with all the states, and, and, and you show them what we do is we go in there, we do canvassing, we show them what was taken, that we tell, pick a county, any county, pick the county, they, we have access to, like I say, ballot, ballot images, so we is can, this you know, the county you we're, we're basically doing these little mini-audits, we're going, look what happened here, and then they're, they're all open to it, going, well, we need to, wow, this really did happen. And now, Steve, and I've told everyone, I have committed 
to that I've said since February, since absolute proof that we're getting this all, everything, all the evidence I have to the Supreme Court, that will be done before Thanksgiving. That's in stone. Now, the fake news media says Mike Lindell says Donald Trump will be reinstated before Thanksgiving. That's not what I'm saying, everybody. We are going to have this case before the Supreme Court. Now, when you're sitting around Thanksgiving dinner and you know some of them Supreme Court justices, you should say, you guys better accept this case and look at it because you know what? You're the ones that need to save our country. You're the Supreme Court. You need to finally take a look at what's out there. Well, there's enough. There's a, you could take one piece of evidence, give it to every 300 and some million people in our country and everybody would go to prison for life. And, uh, that's how much evidence there is. And, and we have it all. It's not subjective. Okay. And you're going around state by state and convincing these states that'll all come up. And then the, the AGs, kind of the state. That's right, Steve. The states become the plaintiffs. We have the case ready, but the states yeah. become the plaintiffs. And I was just asked by the uh, terrible journalist Paul Murphy this morning, well, <laughs> who's on board? Journalist. And I'm going, uh, Paul, uh, you think I'm going to tell you that so you can go pre-attack them? And then so other ones don't want to come on board because they feel that they don't want to get attacked or their families? You know, this is where we're at, Steve, yeah. in this country. The media okay. is our With enemy, Mike. and um, and we've got to get well, the word out. Fo- cut him off. What's that? They're covering you. They're not going. They're not going Fox on you. That's by the way, true. They're not going Rudy Fox on, C- on me. And by the okay. way, I want to Real say quick, shame on Fox. Yeah. Shame on Fox. Uh, Mike. So that's kind of where it ended. You know, they went into a commercial shortly after that. I just was it a my pillow commercial? Listen, a year and a half ago, if you would have told me that this guy like. Every time the commercial's on where the two, where the couple opens up their medicine cabinet and he's there and he's like, oh, it looks like you had a bad night's sleep. And he starts like doing a little jingle. <laughs> My kids still laugh at that commercial. They think it's so funny. So good. And now they see him on the news every day. And, and I always be like, hey, look who's on the news. And they always look and like, eh. But it doesn't really register in like their little minds. Like, that's the MyPillow guy. Why is he talking about Donald Trump coming back to the White House? And I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's pretty complicated. But at the end of the day, it's not only complicated. It's super weird. A year and a half ago, if you would have told me, well, and the Alex left- would have told me, even on Conspiracy Castle, if I was a guest on his yeah. show and he'd be like, you want to know what? Next year at this time, Mike Lindell is going to be going around the country and he's going to say he has all the election data ever. Yeah. And he's going to be taking it to attorney generals of states and he's going to be formulating a Supreme Court case to file before Thanksgiving 2021 to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. And you'd be like, what? I would probably just start fighting him. I wouldn't even... Yeah. As soon as he finished the sentence, I would I would immediately start pummeling Well, him. and then the left has made the, quote-unquote, the my pillow guy. Right. Like, it's a negative kind of... It's Well, who do you want? Like, guy's got money. Guy's got resources. Yeah, he wants no, to there's use no, them. There's no, we already sent the real ones around. We sent Rudy Giuliani... Listen... That's another thing, Alex. I don't know how you feel on this. We know Rudy's kind of at the end of the line, right? But he is truly an American hero. What he did in New York to the five families of the mafia, it's never happened before. It'll never happen again. Regardless of whether you think 9-11 was an inside job or not, he was physically the mayor in the city at that time and helped lift it back up from the shit that happened there on that day. And they have completely turned this guy into, like, worse than a real-life My Cousin Vinny. Yeah, I mean, they've totally poo-pooed him out, but that's what they do. Like, you know, they put him on a pedestal after 9-11, and he was supposed to be in Tower 7, you know, fell at free fall speed. And, right. you know, uh, we can we can get all into that, but that's a whole different show on its own. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I, I just look at Giuliani as this. He's, he's an easy target for yeah. the left. 
He drinks a little bit. He's an older guy. I love Giuliani. I like him personally. Even that Sasha Baron Cohen movie where they tried to expose him. Right. He, he, him being himself, he was actually genuinely nice to that girl. I mean, he's a, kind of a creeper old guy. I don't, I imagine that's how you'd be if you're a celebrity, you know, older guy like that, young. He was 100% fine, is what I'm saying. They try yeah. to show that as an expose. He was 100% fine. So he, He's just an older guy. Was he 80 years old, right? Is that 78 or is he not 80 yet? I don't uh, know. But he, he's, he's pretty close to 80. I think he's like 79 or 80. And I'm not saying, you know, uh, so if my dad, I hope my dad, when he's that age, he's still cooking around like uh, Giuliani, yep. but he's just going to be, a, he's going to be a punching bag for the media. Oh yeah. But, but he's, he, Giuliani gives us the impression too. Like he's a good guy. He's a grifter, just like everybody else. He kind of grifted onto Trump. Cause that was, you know, a good grift. Cause he probably didn't fit in with like the Cuomo's and the new regime of New York. So like, I like Giuliani. I think he he's right. Those Ukrainians, he knows Hunter Biden. We have Hunter Biden's dick pics, all that stuff. Yeah. They they didn't let him they didn't give him the time of day with all that information. The mainstream media hit it all and said it was hacking. So it's like they can control Rudy as much as Rudy can scream all he wants and it won't even get media attention. They won't even pick up Hunter Biden's dick pic. So like Rudy's just an actor. He's a guy that we can't ever depend on him. He's going to give us some good entertainment. And he's you know, he's a, he's a good antagonist or whatever right now. But he's not going to actually be a savior or somebody we can depend on for change. No, but when you talk about compare and contrast to who else do you want? You know, it's like, you know, CNN, mainstream media, CBS, MSNBC, they'll be like, oh, you know, the My Pillow guy is going around doing this and saying that and, you know, burning through his riches and stuff. And it's like, listen, after the election, and we've already talked about what happened. Rudy, Sidney Powell. Colonel Waldron, a lot of people went out. They made correct accusations with extremely inflated and exaggerated numbers, to which point judges would be like, okay, you're saying 5.7 million people in a state of 6 million people committed voter fraud. Like, I can't disenfranchise that many people. There's not a federal judge in the universe that would take those cases. And that would literally be it. They were on the right path. They said, like, listen, mail-in voting, dead voters, uncleansed uh, absentee ballot or uh, voter rolls. We've seen Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia all cleanse over a hundred thousand voters off their rolls. Purge. That listen, they participated in twenty twenty, and they were purged right after the election. So we know it happened. But the fact of the matter is, they made such a huge deal out of the numbers and sticking by the numbers and being married to those numbers, they were deemed illegitimate. And then, it, like Alex said, they became easy targets and punching bags because, yeah. like, oh, what are you going to say? Like, five hundred million people in a country of three hundred million people committed voter fraud, Rudy? You know, like, really? So it's it's kind of you know they put themselves in a bad situation and made themselves to where they had to go on the back burner. And now you have people like randomly, Mike Lindell shows up and he's like, "Okay, I got numbers, I got routers, I got." You know, whatever whatever the server stuff he says he, he has. And he's Isn't this the stuff you wanted? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and the numbers might be a little bit more accurate, but at the end of the day, it's still the characters and the players in this game, how the chess pieces are moving on this big board of whatever life right now in this country while the rest of it just kind of burns down is extremely interesting, but at the same time, extremely random. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh well, I mean, I don't have much hope for, I guess, the midterm elections. That'll give us a good beta test on what's going to happen in 2024, I believe. You know, if the, those elections, if they're not totally conservative, if the Republicans don't overwhelmingly win, uh, then it's definitely rigged again, I believe, in the upcoming midterms. I, I 100% um, believe you. Um, 
something I think is going to have a major impact on some of these elections right now is uh, the crisis at the southwest border. Um, we had an immigration lawyer and expert on before you today. Uh, she's a longtime friend of mine and, and definitely someone who's more well-versed than all of us. Uh, just optically, you know, you, you already stated that you live in Texas. I, I don't think you live down near the Del Rio area, but ha- how do you feel like the invasion on the sovereignty of this country, which is one of the things that makes America America, has been since this administration came in and changed things up? Well, this is what bugs me is, is listen, I'm pro immigration. I'm not even, you know, anti illegal immigration. Like I get it. Some guys really want to come here and make it, you know, alive for them. And then, you know, right. like there's so many good stories of people come here and mail money back and this and that. But what's going on is these people are purposely coming up here because they're hearing mixed signals from the Biden administration because all the healthcare workers are going to lose their job for not getting vaccinated are going to get their jobs taken by Haitian immigrants. So hey, the reason why they want all this migration, too, is they want a bunch of undocumented children because it's the number one way they can sex traffic so like you can say oh you're a cutard talking about sex trafficking no they love that there's a bunch of other children in the system somehow that benefits these politicians i don't know why i don't know how but having young kids that are influenced i guess will grow up and will always vote lefty or will be like the the you know army in this like communism uh force you know this whatever the the nazi version of the nazi youth i guess maybe this is like this is the immigration youth of that i don't know i'm not trying to get like all crazy conspiratorial but these people supposedly of the like sixteen thousand immigrants or whatever it was at the border eight thousand you heard conflicting reports supposedly they were all before they came in a caravan they were all living comfortably uh not that far away i, I forget where it was where they were uh not nicaragua i'm not chill i forget where they were before they decided oh, no. to come but they they were outside of Haiti, though. They weren't in Haiti. I'm saying these people didn't come from Haiti. They came from a place where they were fine and decided to come to America under Biden because they think Biden told them to. So it's just, dude, it's a scam. And, and if they really needed to come here, let's say they were really fleeing some sort of persecution, then I'll be honest, and I'm not trying to virtue signal, I would actually encourage people like, what the fuck? I don't want them to bring all those Taliban people over after Afghanistan. But shit, we did go fuck up their country. So I get that we have to bring a few of them over here. It yeah. sucks a dick, but I just get it. I get that, that we have to do that for whatever stupid reason, because our system sucks. Our government's idiotic. And I would I wouldn't even mind helping some Haitian immigrants. But, dude, what they're doing is some sort of calculated uh, uh scam in order to overtake the voting logs and to actually to create to destabilize the nuclear family and get a bunch of broken kids here from broken families so they can create broken families i mean i i really truly believe that you can call me conspiratorial all you want but there's no joke that the the borders all of a sudden when trump's gone it's just totally a million times worse that's not a coincidence yeah no. you, you were spot on i mean uh, esther valdez our our previous guest did confirm that a large group of those people um, did come from South and Central America, which included places like Brazil, Chile, Nicaragua, Ecuador, and places like that. You know, uh, a lot of people left Haiti by the tens, if not hundreds of thousands after the earthquake in the early 2000s and, and lived completely normal lives. They have, you know, spouses who were of those other countries. They have children who are citizens of not Haiti, of Chile, of Brazil, of all those places. And, and now they just heard like, and it's not... I just heard it's there's NGOs working down there. That's like, Hey, Trump's gone. You're not going to come up and get deported. Come on up. And they literally sold everything they had for enough cash to give to the cartels for safe passage through Mexico. And here they are by the tens of thousands, probably over 2 million people have crossed the Southern border this year already. 
That's ridiculous. Is that what the number is supposedly? Because they had they had centers. They had him holding in Dallas at the convention center. And I can tell when when they're letting him out on the street. Now they're not doing it as much in Dallas. I guess maybe Dallas got overrun because I think we're like a distribution hub. Right. Because I can tell I can just tell people from South America. And like I said, I'm not even anti-immigration, but you can tell when people are just here because because I go every day I walk at Bachman Lake and it's just like near an airport. It's you know, it's a it's a lake near a metropolitan place. Uh-huh. So like it'd be easy for, you know, vagrants not a lot of homeless people there because it's, it's nice but you can just tell the migrants get there they have a backpack they have a mask on and they're walking around the lake like what do we do where do we go you know you can just tell somebody that's never been to america it looks so nice they yeah. don't know where and i'm saying you see you'll see 20 they, they're not even together like you'll see three they're in a group of three and i'm just seeing this in dallas and i'm not i don't even think it's bad like honestly god they look nice and you can tell they're from like haiti or they're from guatemala or something because i this is why i grew up in dallas it's all hispanic it's all right. Mexicans and a Mexican looks different than a guy from Guatemala. They're like, they're shorter. I just, they just look different than Sylvester or the Mexican community. You can just tell that the people from South America and, and they're new and they're kind of scared. And it's like, I, I just, somebody's encouraging them to come here. They're not coming here on their own accord. They're, they're promised something for when they get here. Oh, you're 100% right. And, and it's definitely like, uh, I think me and Noah and Antoinette, you know, when she's on the show with us, we all kind of feel the same way. Legal structured immigration is 100% necessary. I think it's part of what makes America great. Uh, You know, it's definitely one of those things that doesn't necessarily hurt when done the right way, but you know, 2.1 million people in nine months is, I mean, you've even had normies like Tucker Carlson go out and say like the left, the deep state, the cabal, they're trying to, commit replacement theory in the United States. Like literally they, oh, yeah. they are kicking all it the white, is. they're kicking, is. they're kicking all the white people out of colleges, out of executive positions. And they're literally replacing everyone with people who are of minority uh, may not even have citizenship and are completely unqualified for jobs. Well, let me, let me tell you why I'm actually happy about it though, because I'm going to work because they're doing the same thing in comedy. Like I would, I could never make it like, you know, being a comedian or being an entertainer, being a broadcaster, like we are, we could have never made it because of the, of the system. But now, you know, we have a chance because everything's about intersectionality and checking off boxes. Nothing's funny anymore. You know, everything's all about like hiring a woman to be it. So like talk shows, TV and, and entertainment is only going to get shittier. Now I haven't watched this Ted Lasso show. I've heard it's a good show or whatever, but I think anything they pump up has to suck that much. I'm yeah. just saying now, of course, they're going to get lucky. They're going to create some good shows and good movies here and there. But this is all you have to do is, is this survey. You got to find it. It was like the top movies from 1996 to the top movies of 2021. The top movies of like 96 was like Fight Club, Titanic, Shawshank Redemption. I mean, these mo- I mean, every movie you're like, oh, shit, I've seen that movie 10 times. Then they did the top movies of, I think it was 2020. And it was like Paw Patrol 2, uh, Avengers. <laughs> I mean, every movie was a sequel, dude. And you just, all you got to do is look at this thing. You're like, wait, what the fuck? The top 20 movies were literally, it was like Paw Patrol 2. Uh, uh, the Lego movie was four of the top 20. The Lego movie, Batman, the Lego movie, this. And you're like, the Lego movie? And then in the 20th best movie, like uh, the, the year Fight Club came out was something like really good, like Requiem for a Dream or something. Right. You know what I mean? Like the, the you know, the, like the worst movie, in that, not the worst, but like the 20th movie in 1996 is a million times better than the best movie in 2020 yeah yeah it's pretty crazy about how how fast those things can change we talked about it last week in in regards to you know a lot of these resettlings and where they resettle them and how they change like the complete vernacular of of an entire state 10 15 years ago elon omar's district was not 
a Somali overran district. It wasn't? No, there was not 330,000 Somalians that lived in her district 15 years ago. And she was still unmarried to her brother and living in Somalia at that time. But look at how fast it's changed. She's now a U.S. citizen. She's now a sitting House member. She will probably eventually be an actual congresswoman, God forbid. And some of the best election fraud in our country happens she married her brother though you don't think she'll get exposed for that i think they'll expose her for that. i think it's already exposed but people are just ignoring it because it doesn't fit the i mean people are going to come out today and literally say this is the election fraud that happened here are the black and white numbers people have literally said here's the videos of us taking her leftover food from a restaurant we filmed it from start to finish here's her sitting down here's her eating here's her smoking a cigarette here's us taking that food and cigarette sending it to a dna place her Brothers sat with her. We sent it to a DNA place, and they both came back as a match for, you know, committing immigration fraud and, and marriage fraud and fraud to get her citizenship. And everybody's just kind of like, meh, meh. Yeah, no, don't care. Sure, there. Yeah, it's disgusting. Dude, we have Hunter Biden's dick pics. Dude, we have, a, like, <laughs> sex tapes of Hunter Biden, the president's son, and the media wanted – if that was Donald Trump Jr., it would be everywhere. They would sell it. If you would be forced to get watch it in school, it'd be on billboards. It'd be like nine eleven. Yeah, it'd be like nine eleven. You'd have to. You'd learn about it. This was the time when the president's son made a sex tape, and this is why he's the worst president in the world, and he's a racist. So yep. that's why we can't ever have white presidents. And this is another thing. This is this is like people to say we don't believe in systemic racism. No, systemic racism is real. Like you know, you can look at the crack laws in the '90s. You look at the, the Iran Contra, a movie called American Made about Barry Seal starring Tom Cruise about how we uh, uh, brought in drugs. The CIA did traded guns with Nicaraguans for drugs, That's and then they movie. gave those to, to, to people like Freeway Ricky Ross. You know, yep. gave black people the drugs to sell, and then made it more punitive if they had crack instead of powder cocaine. Yet they were smoking both. So that kind of like filled up the private prison an industry with black people then they went after the muslim people after 2001 because they want to destabilize the middle east and because israel is starting you know a never-ending war so they love that you know to start for us to go after the muslims and then now dude i don't i don't give a crap what anybody says i hate to say this because i i'm not trying to sound like a victim i'm not a victim dude after january 6th they're turning white patriots they're turning the american flag into a hate symbol yeah. a symbol of a domestic terrorist yeah. that's done that is a fact you'll hear people that will describe january 6th as worse than 9 11 dude and I, I don't remember any grandma walking through the capitol building or walking through the 9 11 rubble like there was the one on on the capitol building i mean there's literally grandmas walking around that wasn't the insurrection that was a that was a non-surrection and they compare it to 9 11 these people are mentally insane yep yeah one hundred percent. You know who's not mentally insane? Us, kind of. Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell is not mentally insane anymore. Anymore. We, we consider him kind of a national treasure on this show. Boomer yeah, sweat. I agree. Yeah. Well, no, th this is somebody else. Boomer sweat inducing. Sean Hannity had Senator Kennedy on. Now Senator Kennedy, he's like America's neighbor. So he's like the guy, you know, you're mowing your lawn. You see him like kind of looking over the fence. Like and, you never see his whole face. Right. And then he comes up and he's like, you hey, want, hi, you, hi, neighbor Tim. Right. You, you want to know what you need to watch out for? Mexicans. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's Senator Kennedy in a nutshell. Oh, he has he has Mike Lindell vibes, too. He kind of has the Mike. He kind of does. I mean, he's always been around. But he kind of came out of nowhere, and now he's like a prominent personality in this. They just got sick of everybody else that was kind of mainstream. Now it's like, come on, bring in the, I don't know if you want to call them the Tard Squad or the Week Pillow Team Six, but, 
you know, we're kind of the people we have in power are all insane. Like Ted Cruz is a Republican leader and I like Ted Cruz, but he sucks, dude. I mean, he's better than Beto O'Rourke, but like, that's the guy I got to root for Ted Cruz. I mean, he's going to Cabo San. He went to Cabo San Lucas when Texas had the rolling blackouts and it's like the worst it's ever been. Uh, and I like Cruz and just dude, these people that we put up, they all suck. Like, like as much as I don't like AOC, I almost like AOC more than I like Mitt Romney. You know what I mean? At least AOC is genuine. You know what I mean? That's Mitt Romney is a freaking for me. fraud. Yeah. You know, like that. I'll have more respect for AOC than Mitt Romney all day long. So they're all freaking crooked as a dog's hind leg. Well, Senator Kenny weighed in on the border crisis right now. Let's hear what he had to say in regards to that. Senator John Kennedy. Senator, you actually had an interesting line, and you said the Biden administration, as it relates to the border, they lie like they breathe about illegal immigration. I'll let you um, explain that to us. Sean, I can't think of a single presidential administration that has broken more plates in its first nine months than the Biden administration. I mean, think about it. Uh, you were talking about it earlier, Afghanistan, uh, inflation, uh, crime, critical race theory, gas prices, uh, the destruction of, a, of America's energy independence. And, and yet, uh, of all of the president's screw-ups, there's not a single one greater than the crisis at the border. And it is a crisis. This year, over two million people will come into this country illegally, and we don't have the slightest idea who they are. Now, I think it's worth asking why. And to me, there are only one or two possible explanations. The first is incompetence. Um, it may be that the president has put in charge of his immigration policy um, a bunch of pink-haired wokers who don't know their um, their ass from their elbow. <laughs> I like um, that. Yes, I use ass in the King James Bible sense. I like that too. Um, it may be that the president's put in charge of his immigration policy, people who shouldn't be allowed to think for themselves because it's too dangerous. Um, it may be that, that the president is put in charge of his immigration policy, uh, people who are um, her bilingual. They speak Eng speak English and stupid. Now, the second pop, the second pop possibility is that this is all intentional. Um, that the president believes in an open border policy, and uh, you have to watch what people do, not what they say, and that he doesn't want to say it to the American people because he knows that that'll be about as popular with the American people as a as a. Um, so uh, in other yeah, things, a, a, a fever in other blister. words, with a fever blister. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, he, he kind of makes sense. It, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, people are weighing in. I'm so glad we didn't have it from Ted Cruz because, you know, he Ted Cruz is a brilliant person. He's a constitutional scholar. Um, I, I would never want to debate him, but it's like, you know, Alex said, if that's the best we could do, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're kind of in trouble. Um, and who's the guy that slept with the Chinese spy? He's the worst guy. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, can't, I can't even think of his dumbass name. And that guy Sawa. sucks. How is he? In, 
Yeah, how is he not in jail? I mean, dude, no, we're screwed. And like, like I said, can you believe I like AOC more than Mitt Romney? And I don't like AOC, but it's just it's a bold move. The, I mean, I, I at least I, I honestly would like somebody that's more transparent. Like, even though she's a fraud too, she voted present on the Iron Dome vote. Like, what a bitch! Ass. She couldn't vote for it or against it. And then she, she cried. Gonna, she fake cried. Yeah. Dude, can you imagine? She leads the, the the league in crying inside the Capitol building. Like, give me a break. Shut the and fuck outside up. You're parking lots. De- well, you're supposed to have some decorum inside there. You know, that's that's what it's all about. It's like court, a lawyer, an attorney. Can you imagine you go to a, your attorney or a court case starts crying? Like, <laughs> in this day Man, and age, you, I actually could, yeah, could actually, imagine that. Yeah, yeah it would work. Probably would work. Gosh, your attorney has purple hair. Yeah. What did he call him? Purple haired. Please let my Wokers. client off. They're yeah. so sorry they bombed Israel. They feel so bad. <laughs> you know who probably did feel like crying? Who? Your favorite. Oh no. Not Dr. Fauci. Oh. We're gonna we're gonna avoid another week. We don't have enough see the Maricopa audit results are coming out now, which means Dr. Fauci will be back on TV tomorrow to tell us how we're all getting locked down again. So I hate him. Yeah, everybody knows that's the way it works. Um, and that we need an eighth booster shot. Uh, Jen Psaki. Ugh. Been kind of getting her ass kicked by Peter Ducey lately, who I'm not a big fan of. But uh, he's Ducey, been... I mean, I, he, he could be harder on her too, but he's the only one that even gives her any kickback. Yeah, and, and he had some questions for her in regards to uh, the fact that if Joe Biden's ever actually been to the southern border, not as the president or the head of the administration, but ever. Kind of, kind of pretty... I thought it was a little funny. I just listening on this a little bit. Then to the southern border. In his life, yes. I will have to get look back in my history books and check the times he's been to the southern we border. We have been looking all morning, and we cannot find any record of him visiting the border as president, vice president, senator, or even as a concerned citizen. Why would that be? You're telling us that the DHS chief has the most recent numbers about how many of these Haitians under the bridge have been sent back and how many have been released into the U.S. The DHS chief is telling us that he doesn't know. So who else can we ask? You can certainly ask the Department of Homeland Security. I am confident, Peter. I am confident he wanted to have the most up-to-date numbers, and we will venture to get you those, I promise you, this afternoon. Is this an issue of not knowing, or is this an issue of a lot more people are being released into the U.S. than are being sent out? That is certainly not the issue. First, I think it's important to reiterate what I conveyed earlier about uh, what the actual process is. Uh, individuals are expelled under Title 42. False. If they can't be expelled under Title 42, they are put into a removal process. Oh. If they are put into a removal process, they're either transported to an ICE facility or released with a legal document. There that you go. legal document includes fingerprints, photos, phone numbers, an address in the United States, and a background check. That's the process that transpires. That's a part of our immigration process, regardless of where you're coming from. Because oh. you keep using Title 42 to defend this administration's immigration policies. That is a Trump-era regulation. You guys came in saying that the Trump-era immigration policy was very inhumane. Title 42 is not an immigration policy. It is a it is a health authority because we're in the middle that of a pandemic. That deals with immigration. The yeah. Trump administration approach to immigration was inhumane and was immoral. That's why we need to put a new policy in place immoral? and we need Congress to pass that policy. Unified control, democratic control of Congress. Many months in office, you have not even tried. Uh, that's not actually true. Well, there's been a 
Peter, just to, just factual here. There's okay. been there's been a bill proposed first day in office. Currently, it was proposed as a. So before she could even go on and aggravate us anymore, the bill that's proposed was for like blanket amnesty. They are really coaching her a lot better though. <clears throat> she probably wears an earpiece now too. Yeah. Um, you think she has an earpiece in there? They're telling her to say because she does answer the questions pretty well. You got to give her that. Or yeah. vibra- vibrating yeah. panties. You know what though? Patriots did win this day. Something that's been in the news a lot since this whole border crisis started was the uh, whipping of Haitian migrants or lack thereof from border patrol agents who were on horseback. Now that's already been completely debunked. However, because this is spiraled so out of control, the media is still running with it. Let me guess. And Jen Psaki and Joe Biden and the borders are, these people Harris, will pay. Couldn't get a wrap around it. They needed to send one of the all time greatest grifters in the history of the universe. Al Sharpton down. C- to couldn't the get a lasso around it. No, they couldn't wrangle it, if you know what I mean. They sent Al Sharpton down to fucking Del Rio, Texas yesterday to weigh in on the whippings, or lack thereof, of Haitian migrants from Border Patrol agents already debunked. And listen, I don't know how long his flight was from wherever the fuck he flew from down to Del Rio. It was longer than he got to talk. Or how long his limo ride was from the airport to the border. Four minutes, 52 seconds. That's all it lasted. And uh, it was pretty interesting to see that, you know, the Patriots have had absolutely their fill of his bullshit and uh, just weren't going to let it go um, by sending down somebody like that. How's he wearing a like a vest in Texas right now, too? I don't even think he's alive anymore. Listen to this. Church. Must be mainstream. Why are you trying to come and provoke violence? Why are you here advocating for violence? Why are you here advocating for violence? Del Rio is not a racist city. Del Rio is a loving, caring community. We don't want your racism in Texas. Get out of here. Nobody wants to hear your racist nonsense in Del Rio. You're a, You're a racist. Nobody wants you in Texas. Nobody wants you in Texas. Why are you not a voice for the children that have gone missing at the border? Where is your voice then? Get out with your racism. Get out with your reverse racism. Get out of here. Texas does not want your nonsense. This is a loving community. We denounce your racism and your so I don't know if you heard him there. He's he, just like Trump supporters and the well, right said, wing. and They literally chased him back into his limo. And one of the people almost got into a fight with one of his bodyguards. Because he's like, don't you fucking call me a Trump supporter. Don't you call me a right He's like, I'm first generation Mexican-American. He's like, my parents immigrated the right way. And I don't want this bullshit down here. He's like, Border Patrol's not fucking racist. He's like, half of the people that are on the, you know, horses that are trying to stop the migrants from coming over are Hispanic people. And, and literally chased him back into his limo and, and made him drive away. Four minutes, 52 seconds was his total FaceTime in Del Rio project. Wow. Yeah, it, it's pretty interesting to see stuff like that. I mean, well, the biggest bull crap is they, they've been, the border been, has been a mess and the media has not covered it until they had a picture of a guy on a horse with a rope in his hand. True you know, story. Just, True story. A leather strop. They got, I mean, once once they had that footage, they have to run with it. I mean, they just, some stuff they plant, some stuff they, you know, manipulate, but then they, they see, oh, well, we can use this to our advantage. So we're just going to say that they're being, you know, we can use this as a racial tension 
um, you know, technique. And that's what they did. And that's what's going on. And it's just really sad. Well, it was like that iconic photo from the the girl with her dragging her children behind her when the uh, smoke smoke cartridges were going off. And they literally, like, they showed multiple angles of it. And everybody else in the immediate area was just, like, kind of lounging about not in any sense of urgency. And then they showed the cartridge that supposedly was the one that she had been exposed to gas with. And it was literally a smoke cartridge. Yeah. Like smoke harmless. Yeah. For visual effect. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's all it is. It's a photo shoot. I mean, it was just, they had the right angle. It looked good and they ran with it. So initial reportings out of the audit hearing right now, is that there was a uh, 17,000 plus, plus, plus? 17? Ballot discrepancy, semicolon. It would appear per the audit that Trump won Arizona by six points. Ooh. Six percentage points. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of what's coming out of there right now. I'm seeing some live tweets come around. Um, but do you think the mainstream media will even cover this? No, they're not nope. going to be allowed to cover it. No, it's no going to be pretty interesting to see. You know, something you brought up earlier on, kind of in a weird booms week, uh, someone who I didn't expect to really see running on TV anytime soon, Bill Gates was on TV and kind of got grilled a little bit about his relationship with uh, creepy pedo slumlord Jeffrey Epstein uh, while he was on the PBS NewsHour. And um, I thought his answers were, were kind of interesting. I mean... The audio I tried to find several different times, and, and the question lead-in is always like, hey, you know, you had this relationship with him, you know, do you think it did anything to, like, improve your standing in the world? And, and this is how kind of his answer starts. Uh, you know, in general, you always have to be careful. Uh, it was reported at that time. Uh, that you had a number of meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, mm. who, when you met him 10 years ago, he was convicted of soliciting prostitution from minors. Mm. What did you know about him when you were meeting with him, as you've said yourself, uh, in the hopes of raising money? Uh, you know, I had dinners with him. Uh, I regret doing that. He had mm. relationships with no uh, people he said you know, would give to Global Health, which is a uh, interest oh. I have. You know, not donor relationships. The Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, Global uh, Health. You know, those meetings were were a mistake. They didn't result in uh, what he purported, and I cut them off. You know, that goes back a long time ago. Now, uh, there's you know, so there's nothing new on that. It was reported that you continue to meet with him over several years, um, and that, in other words, a number of meetings. Um, what did you do when you found out about his background? Well, and, you know, I've said I regretted having those dinners, uh, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing new on that. Is there a lesson for you, for anyone else looking, looking at this? Well, he's dead, so, uh, <laughs> you know, in general, you always have to be careful, uh, and, you know, the... You know, I'm I'm very proud of what we've done in philanthropy, very proud of the work of the foundation. I'm sure you are, you fake meat growing creepy globalist bastard. 
I mean, he knows how bad freaking Epstein is. I mean, it's such a joke that he's getting, he can just hang out with him and like he's the global health leader. I mean, Hillary never had to pay for uh, uh, Clinton going on the plane 26 times. I mean, that's why I don't have a lot of hope for this election because even we have Trump saying, oh, we're going to put you in jail, Hillary, and then never does it. So like you have the people in power that still don't even do what they say they're going to do. Yeah, no, that's that's an excellent point. Um, and definitely something that, you know, everybody needs to keep in their, in their heads as well. Um, it, you know, something that you mentioned in the beginning, you talked about how, uh, Hillary Clinton kind of got away scot-free with a lot of the stuff that was, you know, going on in regards to, uh, spying on the Trump campaign, knowing how deep and dirty and disgusting they were over the years. I mean, there was obviously uh, Whitewater and then all that creepy stuff that went on during the first Haiti um, earthquake. So we've had an initial indictment in the Durham case. And some people, prominent figures in the party, namely George Papadopoulos recently said that he feels that Durham is going to make Hillary Clinton's worst nightmare come true. And that would be a direct connection to a lot of the criminal activity that went on um, during and leading up to the 2016 presidential election. Do you have any hope in regards for that investigator and that case that's going on right now to, to think that they would, you know, even in her advanced age and probably declining health, that they would want to even virtue single by kind of bringing her back into the mix with, Maybe some indictments close to and leading up to her. I mean, dude, they know they tampered with uh, the election. They meddled in Trump. They had, they they had, they were surveilling Trump the whole time. I mean, uh, do, do I think they're going to get any justice with that? And anybody's going to have to pay the price for like the 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 illegal meddling, dude? No, I have no hope for anybody ever paying the price. Even like the Catholic Church and they molest a kid. I don't think anybody ever when these people, they're so the power, the hierarchy is never going to get itself in trouble. So I have very little hope. Like, yeah, they're they're getting the attorney that made up the Russiagate stuff. Dude, the Russiagate, we know that's all fake. So yep. they're just going to they're going to what they're going to. He's a sacrificial lamb. That's it. They're never going to get the real deal. We're never going to get any. Bill Clinton was getting blowjobs from Monica Lewinsky. And then like other people that were so involved with that were all ended up dead with Hillary Clinton. If we don't get any justice from that, how do we think we're going to get, I mean, we've had plenty of chances where we could have uh, nailed Hillary Clinton. Yeah. So this isn't going to be the one. Well, anybody that got close, they suddenly suicided themselves. <laughs> that's Two that's bullets. Somehow they shot themselves in the face twice. Yeah. I hate when that happens. Well, it's, you know, quick trigger finger. All right. <laughs> so Joe Biden today. Oh, good. Last topic. Circling back. Mm. COVID vaccinations. Oh, boy. I don't know if you've heard today, the head of the uh, CDC overrode a unanimous decision by the board of directors at the FDA. They said, we do not think booster shots are number one, prudent, number two, necessary. And she said, I, I like your unanimous vote for that. I'm going to completely disregard it. And then we're going to have a White House press conference and wheel Joe Biden out to talk about how you're all going to be getting boosters in the meantime. How about so did, you? Did Biden, I mean, they said that because if you watch the FDA uh, interview from last Friday, multiple mm -hmm. doctors in the open microphone session where you can, if you're a doctor, I guess you can talk to them. They said, of course, all the places that are most vaccinated are having the worst cases of 
COVID. So the fact that they're getting these new boosters, four and five, Israel's having these four and five spikes. So if the CDC is not that stupid, they can only lie so much. So they realize that, oh, shit, maybe we shouldn't give these boosters. Maybe this is, you know, driving the vaccine variant or that's what people are actually getting sick from. So I think they're like kind of using some sort of they're using their brain a little bit. But none of that matters because they're going to say, oh, if you're a immunocompromised or you work in some sort of place where you're exposed to, COVID, have to you have should it. get vaccinated. And so the, but they're, they're saying that Joe Biden can overhaul that because they've always been like, we're just going to follow CDC guidelines. And so, they tell the CDC what to do. And so they're saying that they're, the president and CDC have differing. Uh, no, guidelines he, now. the FDA voted unanimously for no. No boosters. Yeah. Not necessary. Not prudent at this moment. We're still except kind of for unless you're 65 year old, older, or have three plus Immunicom, comorbidities, yeah. right? And then, but the CDC director, that the the woman, Walensky. she said, yeah. "You want to know what? I like your feedback. We're going to do boosters anyway." And she took that to the White House today, and Joe Biden weighed in on it this morning to try and get ahead of the audit results. Let's hear what he had to say. So she overrode the, as you're saying, Walensky overrode the FDA. Yeah, FDA so not, unanimously voted to not implement boosters, and she said, meh, we'll do boosters anyway. Oh, okay, good for her. Yep. Process. Wow. And it's going to be up and down. That's why I don't look at the polls. <laughs> not a joke. <laughs> because it's going to go up and it's going to go down, it's going to go up. And hopefully at the end of the day, I'll be able to deliver on what I said I would do. One, bringing the country together on a few and very important things, like on infrastructure, getting us in a position where we can have some, some coherent policy relative to foreign policy where there's agreement, moving us in a position where we're able to actually generate the kind of He's change it. in the dynamic of how we grow the economy, not eliminate the super wealthy, not at all, but allow the working class and the middle class to be able to build out. Build back better. Is that, is that what he meant? Nah, I mean, he's, he's just the worst to talking, but this is another thing, dude, I don't want, I don't want Kamala Harris to replace Biden. Cause that's going to be like the Medea goes to the white house, like a Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> I mean, she, she's the only person that can be worse than Biden is Kamala. And then she's going to get to appoint somebody to come underneath her. Oh God, give me a break. We're going to be totally fucked. Yeah. We, we would have to literally get rid of, figure out a way for them both to get out of there because uh, a lot of people think that Nancy Pelosi would automatically be the president, but the fact of the matter is, unless it's a designated survivor situation, she does not automatically become the third person in line. The executive branch would fall down to the Congress, and then they would kind of figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to do it if both of them would to be gotten out of there. So, yeah, a lot of people are always like, well, I don't want any of them because Joe Biden well, sucks. Why would Kamala? But why would Kamala get out of that? I mean, unless what, she just can't handle it. I mean, she's going to what the fuck? I mean. Why well, she gets what like assassinated or something? I mean, why why would you're saying that's the scuttlebutt that she's not going to be? They don't want her to be president either. If Biden has to stand down, no, I don't. I don't think anybody wants her to be president. I think the fact of the matter is she's committed just as many, if not more, impeachable offenses than Joe oh, Biden yeah. has. You know what I'm saying? That's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. I mean, she had. I mean, dude, she she used to date Montel uh, Williams. Mm. Give me a break, and now she's the vice president. That's no. The, is Montel that back Williams when she had not a allowed to have sex with the vice president of the United States of America. I like it. All right. Well, that was an action-packed Friday edition for us. 
Um, results of Maricopa are coming in slow and steady. Don't really have anything definitive yet, but the good news about it is we'll be back on Tuesday. And in addition to whatever's going down in Maricopa today and the dissection that it undertakes over the weekend, we'll also have a Trump rally to break down. So less work for me, more Trump for you next week. Mm. But before we get into anything else, we would like to thank our guest, Prince Alex Stein, host of Conspiracy Castle, for coming down today, spending time with us, doing the news, and adding this little twist to it. We had a great time. Well, I'll tell you this much, guys. Uh, Ron, Noah, it's always a pleasure you guys let me come and share the airwaves with you. I'm not just saying that facetiously. It just feels good. Like I said this earlier, because of the intersectionality of the media, it's like everything, all these companies or all the CEOs are getting replaced by people of color, and which is fine. But things aren't going to get better. So they're like when it comes to entertainment, entertainment's only going to get worse. So <laughs> us creating our own content. Uh, you know, creating a podcast. This is the future. And I think the opportunity for us is only going to get greater and the window is only going to get more wide for people to be able to see our content. So I really appreciate other people that are independent content creators like yourself, giving me a platform to come on here and talk. And I do the same for other people and I love it. And that's the future of entertainment. It's not in some big Hollywood studio giving you some subliminal message to buy Nabisco's or to get vaccinated. <laughs> True story. We love it, and we loved having you on today. Can you please tell our listening audience everywhere they could find you, social media, your YouTube channel, etc. Just please Google uh, Conspiracy Castle, uh, and you're going to get all the YouTube links. You're going to get the Instagram. You can find me at instabio.cc slash alexstein. That has all my links. But really, like I said, follow me on YouTube, in Conspiracy Castle, or follow me on Instagram, Primetime Stein, or Twitter, AlexStein99, and you're going to find a lot of content. I try to create something new every day, so it's not going to get stale. You're always going to get something weird and wacky. And at first, you might not like me. I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I kind of grow on you. I'm kind of like a mold or like a mushroom, and I'm a vegetarian, so I eat a lot of mushrooms. So I think of that as a good thing. For people that don't like mushrooms, you might not like me. But uh, different strokes for different folks. I don't like mushrooms. I like you. On. Yeah, I like you too. And we're going to live link all of your uh, where to's in our show description today and then get that over to you. Um, you know what else we got to do is let everybody know where they could follow the Steak for Breakfast podcast. You oh! could, well, or you could try to make me laugh. <laughs> you could follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, rate it, review it, and then download, listen, like, follow, and share. Uh, show creds of the week, obviously Prince Alex Stein, Miss Esther Valdez Clayton, um, Esquire, immigration lawyer and specialist, and then Jason Preston running for Utah Three, fighting yeah, Utah Threes. He, he, he was a he was a good uh, person to have on today and a great interview. Um, our sponsors, they're all American owned. We love them. They don't really give us anything except the occasional set of headphones. However, they do have all high-quality products. Odyssey, headphones, podcasting, in-studio recording, gaming, get them. Odyssey.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram. Stay ready gear. Stay strapped or get clapped. Oh, yep. I kind of like it. Stay ready gear holsters at stayreadygear.com. They're on Instagram as well. Uh, man rubs. We've entered the fall months. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna message them. We need a steak for breakfast rub. Yeah, literally what it is and what it's for. And at that <laughs> point, you would purchase it, shake it, spread it, rub it, fry it up in the pan, admire it, throw it in your mouth. It'll be delicious. Yep. Manrubs.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms. He's on the telephone at six one nine eight seven zero. 
6992. He's on Facebook Messenger and at a newly redesigned website, westcoastsurvivalarms.com. Tactical gear, mediocre medic, mediocremedic.com, dumpbox, dumpbox.us. They're both on Facebook and Instagram as well. We've got upcoming shows. And uh, we're going to be having a good time. On Tuesday, we'll be here with Kyle Becker of Kyle Becker News. Alan, the host of the Great Divide podcast, will be here the following Friday. And the next week, we're going to have Miss Anna Kate for the first time mm. on 10-5 and on the 8th of October. Cagbro. Awesome. Mr. Cagbro himself. Nice. First, first podcast. Published in the Gateway Pundit, always a reliable source of information online. He will be joining us for the first time. He says he's ready. I said, are you ready to come down and fuck around with politics about it? It's not as easy as posting. And he said he's more than ready. Nice. Um, friends of the week, some of the usuals. Khalil at 3.1, Axie 8.0, Real Brenda Meme 7, the Duke of Memes, that Southern dude. I want to do it two weeks in a row because Noah laughed last week. Hunter Biden smokes crack. I like it. I like that account. Almost as good as Puberto's. <laughs> Gotcha. Um, friends, before we let you go, there's so many things that you need to do in this life, but we only ask you to do a very few of them. First one is do your own research. Alex talked about it the entire show. Noah talks about it all the time. All of our guests we had on today. Do your own research. Get to the bottom of it yourself if you don't fully understand or know what we're talking about today. Hold the line. Ride it. Buy the dip. Get the fuck in here. Snatch the wigs. Let's see what happens, especially after the Trump rally this weekend. Ice your balls. Ice your balls. But most importantly, where Especially we... if you're Nicki Minaj's cousin. There you uh, go. Cousin's friend. Cousin's huge. friend. But don't ever forget, where we go one, we go all. We'll be back on Tuesday with Kyle Becker of Kyle Becker News. This has been episode 66 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Roan. And on behalf of my co-host, Noah, Antoinette, who's playing hooky today, and our guest, Mr. Prince Alex Stein of Conspiracy Castle, thanks for listening, and take Episode care. Episode 66. But as ridiculous as it is, this whole Michigas about the election being stolen and there being grounds to be suspicious of the election results, and we need to change all the rules around voting to make sure that this can never happen again because it was stolen and Trump really should be president. This whole Michigas, as stupid as it is, is going to go nuclear the day after tomorrow. Tactical nuke incoming!